0: Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I'm Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVA, DQ.FM, Roku TV on your TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting, Citrus SoundCloud, and Spotify. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com for your free apps. And become a subscriber for 5 bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, or $0.16 a day to be in the 1600. To get all the show notes and follow along with us here. We have our, uh, well, we're going to go through this uh, Fast and Furious. We'll get set up. During our third hour with our Saturday shows, so I'm pretty excited about uh, all of that. Uh, If you've got the show notes, uh, we're going to move through those uh, pretty quickly so you can be up on your way. We've got 11 days to go ahead and, well, really 10 starting tomorrow to uh, save this state. And it looks like you have a chance to do it, but it's going to take a lot of work. If you haven't gotten out there and helped Mark Ronchetti or Yvette Harrell or Nicole Chavez or Greg Cunningham or Paul Pacheco, or whoever, I would uh, help those five first. Uh, I would tell you, uh, you're wasting your time, folks. We've got to go ahead and do our very best to get everybody elected that we possibly can. Uh, it looks good overall. It really does. And we're going to talk about why. First, our poll question uh, for today on this uh, 64 days left uh, in the year, ladies and gentlemen. In 2023, we'll be coming in 64 days, 301st day of 2022 uh, we'll answer, will your kids be better off than you? Want to know what you say. Have you noticed everyone's sort of checked out here for the holiday already? It's kind of a weird thing today. Democrats uh, destroy the economy. i will show you how. White guilt is mental illness. Well, no doubt about it. And uh, we'll fuller, further illustrate that. Keystone and XL will have to come back. Uh, we don't have a choice in the matter, regardless of who is in power. And also Ukraine versus homeless spending is actually 12 to 1. We spent 12 times the amount. on on the Ukraine than we have on homelessness on the federal budget uh, this year. Also, Chinese are the chip kings. We'll get into that. Then we have Paul Guessing for our 5 o'clock hour. A Nice chat with him. That will be live here in the Kiva. You're welcome to go ahead and uh, call in, and we'll take a few of your your phone calls on the policy positions. You know, I was looking at policy, and we'll get into that. Uh, Axios actually has the Google searches uh, that are out there and what people are paying attention to. By state, And I think that that is uh, very, very important. As a reminder, uh, Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev informed the United States that he had ordered the dismantling of the missile bases in Cuba on this day back in 1962, folks. 60 years ago, in return for the U.S., secretly agreed to remove nuclear missiles from U.S. installations in Turkey. Let's not repeat that, but we are well on our way to go ahead and doing that. Happy birthday to Bill Gates. We'll talk uh, more about that. So, again, our question, how likely do you think that it is today's youth will have a better life than their parents? Very likely, somewhat likely, somewhat unlikely, or very unlikely. Well, no one's saying very likely, but one person, uh, well, a few people have said very unlikely. Uh, we've got uh, 25% somewhat likely, and then uh, somewhat unlikely is the majority at 50%. Go vote. Rockoftalk.news, that's Rock of Talk. News Kicking things off. Uh, nice quote from Ronald Reagan. When a business or an individual spends more than it makes, it goes bankrupt. When government does it, it sends you the bill. And when the government does it for 40 years, the bill comes in two ways. Higher taxes and inflation. Make no mistake about it. Inflation is a tax and not by accident. So that's our big topic for today. And it really is. That's what you guys care about. You guys care about jobs wages, and taxes. Those are the top three things in the state of New Mexico. Uh, no, folks, uh, it's not crime. Uh, no, it, it's not abortion. Uh, I will give you and rifle off those lists of those 20 exactly what it is because it's disappointing to see. And will Republicans make the economy worse? Why or why not? Reason Magazine uh, has the uh, write-up on that. I posted that uh, right there. And, you know, the, the takeaway is it really, again, doesn't boil down to party. I, I hate to say it, but it doesn't. Okay. Uh, GOPers, the Republican party is good at battling inflation. All right. When it comes to spending the money, you know, pushing money out and redistributing, uh, obviously during good times when that generally happens, we had 14 years of good times, no good times going into 2023. I'll tell you why. Uh, that's generally when Democrats are in power. We can think more about transgender, LGBTQ, race relations, all this other type of stuff, okay? In their cascade of confident dooms saying about GOP entitlement slashing and economic sabotage, left of center commentators have hit on one almost uncannily similar theme. One political fight that's likely to matter most next year is the one thing that most voters are hearing very little about. The single biggest thing at stake in next midterm elections has attracted only a sliver of attention says Matt Iglesias. The most important question will be the one getting hardly any public attention. What will the Biden administration do when the GOP threatens to blow up the world economy by refusing to raise the debt limit? So I think we can't raise the debt limit anymore regardless. At some point, we're going to have to go ahead and pay the piper. Uh, I don't know that anybody wants to lose their quality of life and nor do they want to go into economic recession, even though we already are. Now, GDP numbers have come out today, putting us at 6.2%. Uh, healthy, not just here, but I guess uh, uh, around the world. But I don't want to believe those numbers because it's a one-off thing right before the election. And the White House chief of staff said Republicans will make the economy worse. That's what they're saying, okay? That's what they're trying to gaslight the entire world on. Take a
1: staff, Ron Klain. Um, So the economy grew. That's good. But if you could, Ron, uh, give us in the most basic terms what the democratic message on the economy is, what you hope voters will take in in these final days before the midterms.
2: Well, look, uh, first of all, thanks for having me, Mika. And and look, what you're going to hear the president say today uh is uh three big things about the economy first uh the economy we are making progress on the economy it's not just the gdp numbers you mentioned the economy did grow inside that is a measure of price it came down dramatically we're seeing some easing on inflation inside that also is a measure about real incomes after inflation that was negative last quarter uh, two quarters ago it's positive in this new report so incomes up prices down
0: economic okay, growth so, uh, you don't want to believe this and the reason why is this is just a one-off. Now, Dow Jones Industrial Average wants to believe it. The people who are trading want to believe it. Uh, Wall Street definitely wants to believe it. And they're going to trade on the limited amount of information and the hope, 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 right, that things are going to be good. Now, Elon Musk transacted, consummated his uh, Twitter acquisition, carrying in the kitchen sink, uh, letting people know that he is cleaning house. I don't know how well that is going to do for him. I'm back on Twitter, but I think there's so many people who are picking up and leaving And again, we have those lines that are now drawn. The woke are going to leave Twitter, go invent their own, much like the Republicans and the conservatives who got booted off of YouTube and Facebook and Twitter went out and created their own. So, you know, this is never going to sort of like come together. The national conversation cannot be bridged on any issue, much less the economy. We can uh, agree to disagree on the fact that they perceive it one way or trying to sell us and we see the reality the other way and we're not trying to sell anyone. Now, when the CEOs are predicting that 2023 is going to suck, that's the real indicator, not the 800 points that were gained on Wall Street Journal today. I mean, the Wall Street uh, today. You know, the the real thing is you're looking at the top CEOs. 91% of U.S. CEOs anticipate there will be a recession in the next 12 months, according to KPMG. I don't know what else you need to say. That should be the takeaway. Uh, for you voting. And you are going to need the GOP, and it should be a GOP in a landslide. The economic uncertainty has prompted dozens of companies to announce layoffs and hiring freezes. That's been happening all year long. And from Tesla to FedEx, there are 2023 20, predictions from CEOs at 10 top companies. All 10 of them are negative. That's the takeaway. You should be paying attention to those CEOs. We'll talk about that and more when we return here in the Kiva.
3: Of the Soviets, Mr. Khrushchev said we will bury you. I don't subscribe to this point of view. It would be such an ignorant thing to do if the Russians love their children too. How can
0: MD550. 5500. We're going to move very quickly through the show today. We've got a jam-packed show, top to bottom. No us, but blotter today. I don't think there will. Yeah, Mr. Khrushchev did say, we will bury you. And what did he mean? Well, it's all right there. Also on this day, uh, this is uh, Statue of Liberty Day. President Grover, Cleveland dedicated the Statue of Liberty, a gift from the people of France in New York Harbor. And it was renewed 50 years later, also on this uh, very day. So let's move quickly, uh, shall we? 550-5500 uh, you can go ahead and uh, touch the five line. You've got the uh, poll question for today, and uh, we answered the question pretty pretty quickly. Uh, the economy will be made better, especially during inflationary times, because of the economic uh, propositions put forth and the policy measures from the Republicans. So, do you know someone who suffers from something called white guilt? <laughs> Tucker last night, Uh, here is uh, Tucker talking about exactly that. And, you know, these woke policies. Oh, excuse me, Greg Gutfeld uh, talking about that. I've got Tucker a little bit later on. And there's really only a couple of things. The three highest rated programs on Fox are Carlson, Tucker, Five, and Sean Hannity, and then uh, Laura Ingram. But uh, Gutfeld, uh, always funny. Had a chance to meet him. You guys have seen my picture uh, on social media in the past. Uh, Nice man. Uh, Very, very funny, as I stated. And
4: she's very upset with the Joe Biden for that.
0: Oh, boy. In well,
4: the end, how does it play out?
5: I don't know, Judge, but I, as you know, I identify as Latinx. <laughs> uh, at least on, <laughs> certain, on certain adult websites, I do, anyway. <laughs> I don't, I'm I'm wondering what she has done for Latinos. She's killed thousands of jobs that would have directly benefited Latinos in her district. She said nothing about crime. I haven't heard anything, especially crime affecting women. She she, she actually said, to your point, I hate saying that, all she does is say you, 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 and you go, well, what about you? And she has nothing. I think what she's saying, and I'm reading her mind here, which is hard to do, but, uh, Maybe what she's saying is she wants Latinos to be turned into a a homogenized voting block that Dems can count on no matter what. I think that's all it is. is. And she's trying to figure out why Latinos are resistant to being part of the victim class. Like why? Like the leftists spent decades, decades trying to get blacks to be seen as as an oppressed group so they don't ever leave. And I think that she's watching the exodus. She's watching people leave. And she's saying, you know what? We don't have a strong grip on Latinos. How do we get them to think that we're their savior? They won't because their savior is religion, family, working. not the kind of it's not progressive politics i think she might be perceptive enough to realize the progressive woke ideology is doesn't work and it's not working on blacks
0: either if you talk to oh, blacks yeah. they don't they're like
5: you're like this stuff, This is just for white liberals <laughs> this is for that's guilty so white liberals
0: all right so uh that's exactly right in fact i posted an interesting uh letter uh that was issued oh i don't know how long ago i want to say um Maybe 10 years ago, uh, Morning Consult is putting out uh, the midterm election tracker right now. And they're very hopeful. They're hoping that things are going to sort of come together for them. And the social issues, uh, as far as uh, they're concerned, have the Democrats in the lead. In fact, uh, that link is right there, midterm elections. Democrats nearly lead on the generic ballot. But if you go down and you actually look on the issues that matter, that's the generic ballot. That's just voting for teams. That's just simply voting for teams. And if you look at the disapproval and the spread, that seems to be spreading even larger and larger as Joe Biden comes in next week to try and save Michelle Lujan Grisham. I mean, his disapproval rating right now is 54%. 54%. And what is he talking about? He's talking about woke ideology, environmentalism, racism, marginalization. You know, you're talking about transgender issues at a time that those aren't even factored, believe it or not, in the top 20. In the top 20. Catholic voters, and that is a majority, well, maybe, I don't know anymore, like real Catholics, you know. Catholic voters in swing states disapprove of Joe Biden. Okay, We're not even talking about AOC, just Joe Biden. Joe Biden's reaching for AOC, okay? EWTN Real Clear Opinion Research Poll was conducted by Trafalgar Group, same one that has Ronchetti in the lead, a day before or the four days before prior to uh, ron ketty's poll among catholic voters from arizona florida georgia nevada ohio and pennsylvania biden's average disapproval rate across those six states was a remarkable 62.2 percent okay so compound the fact that we are a majority minority state and you just heard the aoc and the latinos leaving right and then A majority minority religion, I guess you can say now with the Catholics, but that type of disapproval compounding that with Latinos leaving, I don't know what Michelle Lujan Grisham is doing, but I got to say, I'm pretty happy about it. I'm pretty happy about Joe Biden coming in next Thursday because it's only going to make things incredibly worse. Plus, I think it's going to expose this, you know, open nerve of Michelle Lujan Grisham about just how impacted she is just by the slightest thing. Like, uh, of the four years, she has been virtually unchallenged. Everybody lauding her, telling her how what a, what a wonderful woman she is and how safe she's kept people and this win and this win. And, 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 and we're sick of it. And 2020 was a big win for her and the rest of the Democrats. And here we are, 60, you know, 62% disapproval amongst Catholics and Latinos leaving the Democrat Party. 57.5% according to the poll, same poll. Of likely Catholic voters disapprove of Biden's job performance while only 12.2% strongly approve. Okay, so for any of you who are worried whatsoever about Joe Biden, the Catholic, coming in to make an impact, to make an impact, you don't have to worry. We're going to be doing just fine. Just fine. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. 5500 thats 550 uh, 5500 500. Uh, yeah, that, that whole thing, uh, with Greg Gutfeld, uh, he is, uh, you know, pretty solid all the way around. Uh, Rudy's out at, uh, before I jump on my next uh, topic, Rudy, you there, Rudy going once going twice. We'll see if he steps back in, uh, to the Kiva uh, momentarily. And, uh, I I really want to find this letter that I had, uh, I had referenced and it was kind of interesting because it was the letter from the black community to white liberals, telling them, stop your, you know, apologizing. You're only making things worse for us. We don't like it. the pat- uh, patronization that, that's going on, okay? That's not something that they like. And I can't, for whatever reason, it's not popping up on my uh, my nice little uh, sheet that I uh, put out every single day, but I'll get to that. I want to go back to the top 10 uh, CEOs in terms of what they are, are, are uh, putting out and how confident they are. Elon is feeling good as he's consummating his Twitter acquisition. I don't think that Donald Trump is necessarily going to go back because he has his truth social uh, that is there. All right. Rudy, you there? Sorry about that. Rudy. Sorry about that. Yeah, 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 I'm here. I accidentally hung up on you. So uh, what's going on over at uh, at at uh, Monty's this afternoon? Well, right now, you know, the Gurkha Club's always a blast, so there's plenty of people there. But, you know, it's just people coming in, and
5: people are starting to think in terms of with the fall coming, got to find that right cigar for the right
0: time. Yeah. Have you tried a cigar yet, Rudy? Are you out of your mind? (laughs) I love cigars. Oh, really? That's good. I do, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Okay.
5: But I'm not an expert like you, you know, with the, uh, what he uses, the white Davidoff, correct?
0: Mm, The Davidoff, yeah. That's a good one.
5: Yeah. That's I've, I've never only, had
0: that. That's the only one I like, as you know. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So here I, I've got some some issues. I've got some issues, Rudy, that, that I would really like to uh, kind of go over with you very quickly, if I shall. Axios uh, put out the top 10 issues, and I went across these across the three uh, CD districts. Uh, Congressional District 1, 2, and 3. I'd like for you to give me the top five, if you could, in CD1. What do you think? And bake it quick.
5: The top issues yep. in CD one. It, it's going to be inflation. People are concerned about that. Uh, uh, crime no, is that, also.
0: That's number eighteen. Uh, crime is number nine. You have yet to get a top five. Keep going.
5: Um gosh, let's see. Um, and people are
0: also concerned about the homeless. Nope. In CD one, Not even in top one, not even the top twenty. Wow. You want to you want I am you want the top five uh, Google searches for voters. Yeah, uh, as I'd love to hear that. Jobs is number one. Taxes is number two. Firearms, Second Amendment, number three. Donald Trump, right? That's got to be the antis uh, coming out. Number four, Russia at five. Ukraine at six. Wages at seven. People care about that. China, and then crime, and then the border and immigration. Back after a quick break here. In the- is
1: Elvis Presley.
0: go Elvis. Uh, yep, back uh, on this day, he was on the Ed Sullivan Show, I believe, for the second appearance. He sang several call, uh, songs, including Don't Be Cruel and Hound Dogs. All right there. Also posted a nice little link there to Forrest uh, Gump. You might remember that scene where uh, she uh, has a hotel. She turned her whole entire house into a hotel and and a little forest is, uh, teaching Elvis how to do the dance. So, uh, 550 50, 500. All right. So I finally found it. It was right there in front of me. Uh, just wasn't able to sort of put two and two together. So this is a letter from the black community, uh, to white people. All right. And, uh, the question is for all of you, <laughs> do you know someone who suffers from white guilt? It's a mental illness. It, it, it is. It's weird, right? Start seeing it, seeing white people, you know do their very best to please black people around them. It's, it's everywhere. right? Dear white people, this isn't a Netflix show. This is from Tagwa Shemet, uh, published in the Commonwealth Times of the Virginia Commonwealth uh, University. My good friend Chris is over there running a radio station. says, this isn't a Justin Simeon movie. I don't know what that is. This is real life. There's a serious elephant in the room that we need to discuss. It's called Your White Guilt. I'm sure some of you are thinking, I don't have white guilt. Maybe you don't. But maybe you aren't aware of what white guilt truly is. Think on your life. Think back to your last interaction with a person of color. Did you pick your words more carefully so you wouldn't come off sounding racist? Did you say quiet because you thought you'd offend somebody? Have you made fun of yourself and your own privilege? If you answered yes to any of these questions, chances are you're suffering from white guilt. Well, my diplomatic white peers, I appreciate your white guilt, but I don't want it. You see, your white guilt actually does more harm than you think. I appreciate the abundance of care you have for my feelings, but your delicate tiptoeing around me makes me wonder, what would you say if you didn't filter your words so carefully? Like, let's be real. Your political correctness leads to uncomfortable, disingenuous conversations that feel forced and one-sided. Your self-deprecation causes painfully awkward silences because I have no clue how to respond to you. The worst thing your white guilt does is make you the center of attention. Isn't that what you're trying to avoid? White people, let me set the record straight for you. It's really not that deep. I understand that you feel the shame on behalf of your oppressive ancestors, right? But I need you to apologize. I don't need you to apologize. Here every five minutes, if you feel so compelled to reimburse me for the past, <laughs> I take PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, and straight cash. Money, honey. Uh, what I don't need is your constant self-reproach and condemnation. This is funny. I know you don't mean harm with your actions. In fact, you mean the complete opposite. I understand. This time comes from a sense of you wanting to get to be my ally. I get it. You voted for Obama. I see that you have black friends. You don't have to keep reminding me. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Your I'm not racist act just makes you microaggressive. Whether you want to admit it, your cautious treading around me allows me to believe you have a preconceived notion of as how I will react. Due to your implicit prejudice, you probably think I'll get angry and hostile because you've offended me. Well, uh, that in of itself is microaggressive. Microaggressions are more than just insults and express- explicit prejudice. They come in all sorts of forms, such as implicit bias, uninformed stereotypes. Sometimes we don't even know we're being offensive until it's too late. I'm not saying your white guilt is offending me. I'm just saying your white guilt is really unnecessary. I promise you, as long as you're not out here being wildly racist, it's not that deep. Don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for ignorance of white peoples, and uh, that happens more than enough without my own approval. I'm just coming to the conclusion that you don't need to go through an agonizing cycle of self-hate in order to realize your own white privilege. Sulking in your white privilege, forcing me to coddle you in the systematically burdening area, isn't getting us anywhere. Frankly, it's just annoying Back black people. Black people and all people of color aren't asking you to diminish yourself, so we can all be on the same level. We're asking that you remove your institutional barriers and lift us up. So here's where he kind of gets a little touchy-feely, and I don't really like that, right, you know, kind of making recommendations. but But you get the point, right? He's wanting to go into pay gap and all these things. You know what? What he's actually saying here. Just be real. Stop acting like you care about things and stop voting for things. You see, it's seen as disingenuous patronizing. This is not something that you need. So do you know somebody who suffers from white guilt? If you live in New Mexico, it appears that everybody seems to suffer from some form of white guilt. The woke pushing, of policies in this state based upon things that they hear and they don't investigate and they don't read, I think is a real, real problem. 550, 5,500. That's 550, 5,500. All right. So we talked a lot about oil prices, right? And you know, it's a fundamental you know, basis for how things are growing here in this state. Uh, right up until about two years ago, until so we started getting all that COVID money, $27 billion. I mean, oil can't compete with that. And then a lot of those oils, uh, it, because we banned fracking, we're uh, on a quest for 2045. The oil and gas uh, industry has really been decimated. We used to have the number one, number six oil producing uh, counties in the entire country. And I believe that Keystone and XL will definitely be have to be reopened. Forms actually took this on, Will Rapier, uh, if you will, that's his name. Some readers won't get past the headline before rendering the opinion that I obviously don't care about climate change. Just because you're for fracking, just because you're for oil, doesn't mean that you are against conservation. There's a lot of fake hate crimes going on right now. What was it, Nancy Pelosi this morning? Oh, I'm sure that happened. Where's the proof? I don't believe it. Right, Katie Hobbs, isn't, isn't someone attacking her? She's feeling all sorts of hate. Uh, I, here in New Mexico, I think on the front page of the Albuquerque journal, the, uh, we're getting a wide envelope with powder that's coming in. Don't you know how hateful these right wingers are? I can tell you that none of those were perpetrated by anybody of an opposing political figure. These are what they do again, when they have nothing to run on, as you know, they concoct these types of things to sort of, you know, steal the headlines and say, Oh my gosh, those Republicans Those Trump Republicans, they're awful people. We can't vote for them. That's literally all they're trying to do. They're just trying to move the needle that much. That's why they can I mean, honestly, do you really think that Nancy Pelosi's house can be penetrated by just an outside burglar who's walking in? Where's Nancy? No, this is just false, fake news. False, fake news made up like everything else that they do. All right, back to the uh, oil stuff uh, here. They write about... Approving the uh, Keystone XL Pipeline. We're at a point where we can't replenish the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. Uh, We're going to take the House. That's a certainty. Now we just got to figure out we're going to take the Senate. Right now, Sabato has us at 218 guaranteed, 195, I believe, for the Democrats. Uh, We'll move the needle right around 226 to 230. I said 227. We'll see where it ends up at if we split those 11. Uh, When it comes to the Senate, we're going to end up 5248, 5347. We've got a lot of work to do. Restoring Keystone XL has got to be one of the first things that we're going to have to do. There's no doubt about it. Are we going to be able to do that from the legislative position? Probably not. Probably not. But we've got to do our very best. So I ask the question, will they get restored? Will they even reopen? Well, the answer is yes. And it's a matter of when. Now, Tucker's taking this on because, again, we're not playing politics. We've actually got to go fix things, right? We don't have time to figure out who gets credit for what. We don't have time to figure out, you know, who's going to be doing this and that. Like, we actually have to focus. We actually have to focus on how to repair the destruction that has been just done in these last few. Like, you're going to go enjoy your weekend and go, meanwhile, our country could not be in worse shape than it is, right? Oh, the stock market was up. Well, things must be going good. Oh, those Democrats, they're really doing a great job, shall aren't they?
1: Right.
6: This shouldn't be happening in this of all countries. The United States has some of the deepest, by some measures, the deepest energy reserves on the planet. It's our main strength. Cheap energy is the reason this is a rich country. That's the reason. That's why we're exceptional, because we have cheap energy. And this country was energy independent just a few years ago. Now, if you want to fix the economy, you would make this country energy independent once again. You would bring back cheap energy. That will fix the economy quicker than anything else. In fact, it's the only thing that will fix the economy. But the Biden administration, for whatever reason, has done the opposite, depleting our Strategic Petroleum Reserve, for example. They just released another 15 million barrels the other day. Because they know that's running out, the White House is also begging foreign governments for help in the most humiliating possible way. Biden just went and begged the Saudis in secret for more oil. As the New York Times reported this week, Biden's top aides, quote, thought they had struck a secret deal to boost oil production through the end of the year. But then the Saudi royal family decided not to go along with it. They're not ramping up their oil production. They're doing the opposite.
0: All right, so we'll leave it right there. Tucker can uh, go do that. You can pick up the rest of the stuff at rockoftalk.news. Well, here's what the White House is saying, okay? They're saying that that particular trip was not about oil. Administration officials deny that his visit to Saudi Arabia was about striking an energy deal despite mounting evidence to the contrary. So they're playing politics. We're trying to fix an issue. And the way to fix an issue is not by going to the Saudis looking for more oil. I mean, Tucker and I have been talking about the very same thing, the depletion of the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. I read you the American uh, uh, thinker piece, three and a half years to restore it back to where it's at, provided there's no impediments to that. We'll pick it up there when we return here in the Kiva. the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols uh, back on this day. They released their album, Nevermind the Bollocks. Uh, here's the Sex Pistols in the U.S. Four days later, it was released in the U.K. There's a picture of there of Richard Branson, who is their promoter on the barge on River Thames. Uh, and uh, you'll find a nice little Easter egg there as well. Let's uh, hustle through the rest of this. Uh, it is no doubt a whopper as uh, OPEC, and the non-member allies, a coalition known as OPEC, led by Russia and Saudi Arabia, announced they were going to slash oil production by two million barrels per day. And you see us tapping in the strategic petroleum oil reserves. Okay. That is an issue, but it's not as big as an issue as you think it might be. Now I know a lot of us are sort of sort of floating into well, what is going to win it at the very end? And, you know, I do pay a little bit of attention to everything else that's out there. And Axios did a reasonable job of putting something that I thought was, you know, rather brilliant. Paying attention to uh, Google searches, which you can do. You can see where rankings on Google searches uh, are on this. uh, I know. Let's see. I marked your words. Elon Musk is never going to buy Twitter. How about him buying Twitter and firing four top executives immediately? Well, that's fine. There you go. I guess I get one thing wrong, huh? One one or two things wrong. Oh, I'm glad you marked my words. Good for you. Um, I'm on Twitter, so whatever. Uh, I really don't see it taking off quite the way that uh, you guys all... I'm not into social media. I've got my own thing going on. All right, so back to Axios. The uh, Google uh, searches that are on here, and you could literally go by each congressional district. So very quickly, since... Gas is such a big deal, right? Oh, it's like a top three, top five issue. It's actually not. It's actually not, folks. And uh, I'm happy to kind of see this because gas prices are down. And as far as, you know, Biden and Michelle Lujan Grisham are pushing for this, I don't think it's going to move the needle uh, whatsoever. I sent this out to a couple of my quote-unquote friends uh, on this. This is what it looks like. Your top 10 issues in CD1, 10 to 1, Okay. So we're going to go ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. I've already sent them to Rudy. The border and immigration is a top ten issue. Okay, period. Across all parts, this isn't Republican. This isn't Democrat. This is everybody. Crime in at number nine. China in at number eight. Wages at number seven. Okay, uh, six the Ukraine, five Russia, four Donald Trump, three firearms, two taxes. And one job. So there it is in C D one. How about C D two? What are we looking at in C D two? Top ten. Joe Biden, number 10. Okay. Gotta be a lot of people, you know, jumping in to get Joe Biden out. Uh he's gonna be impeached, right? A lot of people talking about that. Nine unemployment, eight Donald Trump, seven China, six Russia, five Ukraine. Like these are all international and then dealing directly with. You know, personalities. All right, here we go. Top five Ukraine, wages, firearms, taxes, jobs. Those are the same that they are across the board. People, you know, are looking for bare bones basics, meat and potatoes. All right, and CD3 up north. Well, uh, kind of up north, right? (laughs) Three dips all the way down. 10, crime, nine unemployment, eight wages, seven Donald Trump, six China, five firearms, Russia, Ukraine, taxes. Then jobs. So everything is basically about jobs and taxes. Jobs ain't a good one because historically speaking, we have a uh, a pretty low unemployment rate right now it would be better to talk about the labor participation rate. And then uh, you would probably also want to talk about the number of people who are dependent upon the government uh, as well. And I think that that would be an important thing to stress, right? You want to go ahead and and point that out if you're Mark Ronchetti. So uh, long story short, when it comes to the gas and oil prices, maybe not moving the needle, not saying for certain, but maybe not moving the needle. However, where it will actually put us in is we're going to go ahead and have to uh, reopen the Keystone and the XL pipelines. That is definitely coming. 550, 5,500. Rudy went with, uh, I believe homelessness. Uh, Rudy, you said that was a top five issue. Did you not? Right? Yeah, I thought
5: sure it would be at
0: yeah. least in district one. Yeah. Uh, not, not, a t- not even a top 20 issue, not even on there. Okay. So, uh, if your fourth topic uh, for today and my fourth question to you, how much has the U S spent on the Ukraine versus homelessness? We've nearly spent more than a hundred billion dollars on homelessness budgeted for the year. We're at almost 9 billion bloated house, $40 billion package for Ukraine age aid puts Americans last this is from the heritage foundation, your takeaways package is too large, bloated and lacking in strategy. They're just throwing money. And giving it to Zelensky, he can just crank as much cash as he wants out of the United States. Two, the way this administration and Congress spend money without accountability, transparency, or making offsetting cuts is wrong and foolish, fiscally foolish. And finally, meaningful oversight and accountability must be attached to any new funds sent to the support of the Ukraine, not just the same toothless boilerplate language. And it is not directed specifically which is what the Heritage Foundation wants. So we know that they are 100%, including the the progressives, they've taken diplomacy off the table. They're going to act like they've got something serious going on. And if you're pulling away, not wanting to give money to the Ukraine, well, you must not believe in what? Democracy, right? Their fight for democracy is our fight for democracy. If we don't stop them there, they're going to invade, as Eric Swalwell said, the United States of America. Here's some more pushing on CNN.
1: In Europe and in Ukraine. Uh, General, let me ask you uh, about um, his tactics going forward, because uh, a lot of experts would suggest that now would not be the time for him to deploy a nuclear weapon if he's just mobilized some 200,000 troops and sending them out on the front just to nuke them doesn't really make sense. But on the topic of a dirty bomb, do you view that as potentially a pretext to then setting up this new front on in Kherson or in the in the southeast to bring in some of these mobilized troops that have been trained over the past few weeks?
6: Well, thank you, Bianna and Victor. Um, I do not believe uh, that he's serious about using them. I think that uh, I agree with Kim in her assessment that a lot of this is just speaking to an audience back in Russia, the hardliners that he has surrounded himself with, trying to appease them and to act tough to the rest of the world and to the U.S. and the NATO and the Ukrainians. You know, he's losing the maneuver war. and He's trying to change the subject, change the channel. um, And we've got to step up. I mean, I I would remind our viewers that 15 years ago, the United States was spending 300 million dollars a day on the war in Iraq and Afghanistan thus far. We've given the Ukrainians the equivalent of about seven weeks of the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. And, of course, this is a far more existential threat to us all. So we need to step wow. up. It's um, an existential threat. Seriously.
0: We've only spent, what, seven weeks, okay? $2.1 billion is the way that he has said that. When it's on record at well over $85 billion. That's right. And what's budgeted is well over $100 billion so far. They're gaslighting you. On the little uh, front panel there, it says Putin repeats baseless claims about Ukraine building a dirty bomb. The gaslighting is coming from the United States. The gaslight is coming from NATO, and the gaslights are coming directly from, yep, the Ukraine. They want this war. They want the resources. Of course, you've seen a tremendous amount of money that's been you know, paid into all this. But there it is. The U.S. needs to step up. Ukraine's military support, military spending. They're anxious to go to war. But you're seeing the cracks in the bipartisan support for the war. Okay, Right now you are. Republicans are no longer in support of this war. Most of the country right now is not in support of this war. It is a top 10 issue. Could a gubernatorial candidate uh, talk about this? No, but if you're a congressional candidate, you better start paying attention to this stuff and try to use this in the next seven to ten days. Michelle Garcia Holmes and Alexis Martinez Johnson, and you know to a lesser degree, Yvette Harrell. She's a little bit in a better, uh, more comfortable position. Okay, but you have to understand that this is emotional abuse of the citizens of the United States of America. Back on August 18th of 2022, the Biden gaslight, Mike, Matthew. Continetti says the word of the mouth is the word of the month is gaslighting. It's a piece of the internet slang that pays homage to the 44 Kookar movie called Gaslight. In the film, it portrays the murderer Gregor Anton. Da, da, da. The seasonal illegal immigration across the southern border is now in it's second year he talks about gaslighting also talking about the economy, gaslighting on war and uh, gaslighting on the environment setting it up to make you feel crazy, making you question your own reality. That's what gaslighting is all about. So the problem is, is we're getting unfair reports from the media who are also trying to urge us all into go to war. And they're seeing the analysts who are telling us exactly that. And people feel like, well, we have to support the Ukraine because it's the equivalent of supporting their democratic fight, like supporting our own democratic fight. 550-5500, very quickly before we hit the top of the hour, hour two coming in with uh, Paul guessing. Uh, Let me say very quickly, Natalie is out there and we have the uh, vote red caravan. It's at Cottonwood Southeast parking lot. It is happening right now. Get on out there.
7: Live 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday, the rock of talk AM
0: 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Albuquerque's Macro Aggression. Five Eddie Aragon, the five Rock five of five. Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. On AM 600K, I'm the two coming at you in the ABQ. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, TV, Podcasting, Citrus Soundcloud, and Spotify, if you'd like, on Audible as well. RockofTalk.tv, RockofTalk.com those apps that have been around as long as this guy's been hanging around the station in or out. Uh, however infrequent he has been uh, over the last uh, few years. Uh, tag team back again here with uh, Rex in effect. Uh, we'll call it uh, Paul guessing the Rio run the foundation here in the Kiva. Paul, good to speak to you. Glad you're back.
7: Hey, Eddie. Good to be back with you. We've got a lot
0: to get through. I haven't talked to you in a while, my friend, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you are here. Uh, I know that, uh, we have probably one of the most interesting election seasons, uh, that camera is to your right. I know you work at sometimes and oh. feed yourself into a less, uh, a professional radio station that oftentimes <laughs> is bragging about its size and all the various other things. We don't do that here, but you do have a camera and a mic in front of you and it's nice to see you. You're looking good. Um, you know, we're going to kind of drill down first. Let's start on the issues Then I want to drill down to, uh, you know, from the federal level, I want to talk about the house, get your thoughts on everything from Fetterman to Georgia to what's happening in our state next door. We seem to be the uh, uh, potted meat in the uh, sandwich of uh, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, (laughs) and and nobody likes potted meat uh, at all. And then I want to drill down on the local level and get to our own gubernatorial race and then – boy, this uh, hasty return of the cavalry that's arriving here in the state of New Mexico uh, that includes a who's who of all the uh, Democrat, uh, I don't know, name drops, uh, Biden, Kamala Harris, and all that. So we'll start sort of right there. And uh, by the way, folks, you guys can uh, no doubt get all the notes directly at rockoftalk.news. That's rockoftalk.news. And uh, you have that information. And Axios, I know it's liberal, it's left to center, but they did do something that was kind of brilliant, Paul. And uh, they went through and they culled what were the Most important issues based on Google. The reason why I like that is it's mostly liberals that use Google, right? I would probably say it's 60-40 if you want to say, but we all still sort of use Google, right? I mean, sure, you know, conservatives are using uh, DuckDuckGo and all these other things. And uh, Axios had this uh, poll, and I'll go through CD1, CD2, and CD3 just in terms of, you know, overall messaging. And I'm going to give you the uh, top ten. So this is across, more Democrat than Republican, but, you know, by and large kind of gives us the issues that people are focusing on. Number one is jobs, Paul. Two, taxes. Three, firearms. Four, Donald Trump. And number five, Russia. Uh, That is in CD1. In CD2, jobs, taxes, firearms, pretty much one, two, three in CD2. Uh, Wages, and then Ukraine. Ukraine. Uh, So I'm not sure if they're... Or backing Ukraine or more against Ukraine. Generally, people are investigating things that they're against or that they have a problem with. And then CD3, your top five are jobs, taxes, Ukraine, Russia, and then firearms. All right, so what's really interesting about all of this on a federal level, since it seems to be all the Democrats are talking about, is abortion is 18 in CD3, abortion is 19 in CD2, and abortion uh, in CD1 is 19 as well. Those issues that are important to the Democrats, not necessarily important to the Republicans, but this seems to be telling us that it's also abortion. The things that the Democrats are selling to their own people aren't that important, and the polls seem to indicate uh, such things.
7: Well, uh, I would have said the same thing three, four, five months ago if I was Michelle Lujan Grisham's best friend. I would have told her, look, you got to talk about something besides abortion. Uh, you got to talk about All those things you've accomplished, and uh, I'm being slightly sarcastic there because by my estimation, she hasn't accomplished a whole lot, but uh, abortion just wasn't going to get her over the finish line, I don't think. I mean, we'll see. Uh, She may pull it out yet, but the fact that you see uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden both coming to what has been a traditionally pretty blue state to help. Uh, get her over the finish line. And we'll see if that in fact happens. Uh, It's a strong indicator that she has over relied on the single issue issue of abortion.
0: I know that you have a tendency to look at numbers and policy first on numbers as a percentage of GDP has another state received more money as a percentage of GDP during COVID during the pandemic than New Mexico has uh, from the federal government.
7: Well, uh, New Mexico is constantly at the high end of every recipient list when it comes to federal dollars. I don't know that we've gotten specifically more in terms of COVID relief, but you know, New Mexico uh, relies on the federal government in a way that is virtually unheard of outside of the state of New Mexico, maybe Alaska, some of those really uh, heavily federally owned states. But uh, boy, you know, outside of the oil and gas industry, the, the just that federal dollar plays such a big role. And uh, it's one of the reasons why governments from the state level to the city of Albuquerque and local governments all across the state are just awash in cash and uh, show very little signs of accountability. And I think uh, you know the, the oil and gas money is great, but uh, New Mexico's right there at the bottom, one of the poorest states in the country. And Michelle Lujan Grisham's had a extraordinary opportunity to change that. Her policies are woefully lacking both uh, on the economy and, of course, the education system as well. Um, Those NAEP scores last week, the National Assessment of Educational Progress, put us dead last in every single category. And uh, we've got to have change given this opportunity with all this money flowing into New Mexico.
0: Paul, when it comes to, you know, texas and arizona and i know you recently returned from some other red states why is the conversation so different here in new mexico than it is in those states uh, would you attribute that to the media would you that attribute uh, to the way the democrats uh, spend their money do you think there's just uh, way too much bias uh, here why would you attribute uh, or how what would you attribute uh, to the changing Uh, Sort of complexion of our conversation here versus uh, states that are looking at real issues.
7: Well, a lot of states, the Democrats are still pushing abortion very hard uh, to their detriment, quite honestly. Uh, But New Mexico, it's only close. One, because we do have those federal dollars and the governor's touted, aside from abortion, you know, free college, teacher raises, all the money she's uh, pumped from the oil and gas industry, that she is so loath to uh, celebrate and talk about uh, their impact, which is outsized in New Mexico. 40% of the state budget comes from oil and gas. Uh, but also, and
0: Marijuana, my, you'd be remiss if you uh, well, didn't did put that in there.
7: I mean, marijuana is bringing some money into the state. It's never going to replace oil and gas as a source of revenue for the state of New Mexico. But, but, but uh, it's
0: sort of like telling somebody that they're going to have pizza and Captain Crunch. You know, every single day of the week, and uh, and and you're not going to get punished for it. That's what I think the marijuana vote is.
7: Yeah, and uh, the governor kind of hasn't made that as big of a deal. I mean, she's talked about it in the campaign, mm-hmm. but marijuana hasn't been her top item to talk about. Sure. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know exactly why that is. Um, you know, she has spent a lot of money, and she's talked about that, and that's really been aside from abortion her number one selling point, is look at all the money I spent. And uh, uh, you know, whether it's moving the needle, and I think Ron Ketty's done a good job of calling her out on the lack of forward progress we've seen. Whether it's in the school system with our kids, whether it's just looking around the streets of Albuquerque and the uh, poverty and the homelessness and the despair that you still see, uh, despite all that money flowing in, To the city of Albuquerque Mm -hmm. and the state of New Mexico, it's just not moving the needle. So, you know, I think if voters do return this governor to her perch as uh, in a second term, uh, first and foremost, New Mexico's got a long four years in front of it. We
0: certainly do. We'll (laughs) pick it up there when we return, Paul Gassing, Rio Grande Foundation. In, we're going to kick it back up to the federal level. Get his thoughts on that when we return in three. But a goodie, there he is, Steve Perry. He uh, joined Journey for the first public concert in San Francisco on this day back in 1977. Again, a happy 67th birthday. Uh, right about the same time that that picture was taken, to what uh, one Bill Gates who picked up left here, and we've had so much, you know, capital flight by way of you know the talent who has left, Jeff Bezos, um, you know. Uh, I don't know. You, you could probably write off a, an entire litany of people who have gone on to do other things because they couldn't do it here, Paul Guessing our guest here for the hour on a Friday afternoon. I want to tell people to head on out to the rally that uh, is out there at Cottonwood. Natalie is out there. I want to uh, get that out. It is the Vote Red Caravan. Friends, don't let friends vote Democrat. Uh, that is right happening right now. Just go out on East Bend, Alameda at Cottonwood Mall in the southeast parking lot, and you can go to Fight for 505 at pm.me. Bring signs, flags, friends, vote red, Republican on your vehicle. I know you're noticing some enthusiasm here locally, but across the country, I think you're probably seeing the same. Uh, quick prediction from you and why, uh, Paul, in the U.S. House. I've got a 227-208. Uh, what are you thinking? Uh, you have a crystal ball yourself?
7: I'm feeling pretty optimistic about Republicans' chances right now. I'm thinking maybe uh, 10 to 15 more on the GOP side and, you know, conversely, uh, a reduction of that among Democrats. I think we're probably looking at maybe 52, 48 in the U.S. Senate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm liking the chances of, uh, uh, you know, Herschel Walker's not an ideal candidate, but I think he'll get over the top. J.D. Vance... We'll get over the top. I think Laxalt Salt, Nevada, yeah. probably uh, does it as well. Uh, Fetterman. It's just painful to watch the the Democrat there in Pennsylvania. Oh, I'm enjoying
0: that poll. What do you mean painful? I love well, I love the uh, the cringe factors up there, and that's what we all look for. We can't turn away from the car crash and. Boy, uh, the quality of the candidates uh, this year from the Democrats, they're just trying to go deep into the bench, and they're not finding much. Finally, uh, we've got television personalities. We've got Carrie Lake. We've got uh, Dr. Oz. Awesome. We've got Ron Ketty here. And then, of course, you got the son of a former senator in uh, Laxalt. I mean, we've got high-quality candidates on the Republican side, something that Ronna McDaniel has uh, developed. So I'm kind of with you on the Senate for sure, maybe 53-47 if we get lucky. Uh, New Hampshire, uh, Washington now in play. Uh, some people... Saying as high as fifty-five, forty-five. Rick Scott has put that out there. But the damage is done over the last couple of years. Uh, what would you say the biggest pieces uh, uh, that the Democrats have damaged since uh, Joe Biden has come into office?
7: Well, I'm still a big believer in uh, COVID as an issue below mm-hmm. the radar screen. I know here in New Mexico, Ron Kennedy's tried to uh, downplay that and right. not really make it an issue. He has some polling, clearly somewhere uh, in the bowels of the Ron Ketty campaign where he's uh, kind of said, no, I'm not going to tackle that issue with Michelle Lujan Grisham, but uh, I, I really, you know, and I'm pretty skeptical about government. I've uh, been a long time, uh, you know, operator of the Rio Grande Foundation and, you know, operated in contradiction to a lot of government uh, power, but COVID really took the uh, took the lids off of all the government power that people had you know, once upon a time kind of thought, well, gee, I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent. Mm. And then you just have, you know, like our governor operating uh, without legislative approval or authorization, just an emergency order for years at a time. And, you know, while this is a kind of blue state compliant government go along to get along type of state, a lot of other places are not down for that kind of uh, abuse of of, of government power. And, uh, you know, the kids again, the education results. People sure. with kids really. So
0: COVID impacting education. Yeah. COVID impacting because of all the money printing. People staying at home. Productivity down. Uh, uh, certainly something that you've focused on, uh, which is labor participation rates. I mean, we changed our culture. You know that certainly is there. And then uh, I think the third uh, leg of that chair is crime. Somehow, some yep. way, despite being at home. Uh, the symptomatic uh, occurrences of crime, 146 this year, according to ABQ Raw. Uh, I think the uh, account for APD is somewhere around 108, 109. Um, but overall, we're looking at a more dangerous. So, you know, it, that's a three tier uh, 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 approach to government that has failed at every level. Uh, not just here in New Mexico, but across the country. So I'm glad that you bring that up. Uh, I am one that I wish you know Mark Ronchetti could have brought it up, but I think you know how illogical people are here in the state of New Mexico and the fear porn that continues to go on and the constant berating. We don't even have a conservative media of this radio, other than this radio station of any real, I think, consequence. I think we are now looking at. Uh, flipping this state in spite of everything that works against us. So that's got to have people from the other side, Paul. What are you seeing from the other side uh, across the country that says, hey, you know what? We can't vote Democrat. We can't even vote independent. We got to jump back on. And that slingshot's coming back after two years after ah, we hate Trump and look what he's done to this country. It, it didn't seem to work.
7: Well, that was, of course, the other issue that the Democrats really focused on is hating Trump and just anything Anti-Trump uh, was right up there with abortion as an issue that uh, the Democrats tried to bring up. It hasn't happened so much in this campaign. Ron Keddie's kind of on record as not being really a Trump guy, but you're seeing. Did that you, help or hurt
0: him? Uh,
7: I on you net only, in New only, Mexico, you only
0: get to pick one. Did it I think help it's got to
7: help? I it's got to help him on the margins in New Mexico. Now, uh, Bodoni, ironically, the Libertarians running as the most Trumpy candidate, which uh, it's just. Kind she, of upside-down world in New Mexico.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's all sorts of stupid. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that's just a, a sad commentary on uh, just how much that we will try to hold our, uh, ourselves back. And, you know, she we've got to have those sort of loser laws apply in every capacity, regardless of the timeline. She should have been able to compete, but that's a total aside. So uh, I'm glad that you feel pretty good about that, uh, the House and the Senate. So let's uh, take a look at the governorships across the country. I want to go uh, first, let's uh, just take a look at how how big of a non-factor Beto has been uh, in that uh, Texas race. Uh, they probably will close within five. He'll be lucky to get under five if he gets closer to Abbott. They're not even mentioning that race. Kerry Lake now in the double digits over uh, a, a debateless uh, Katie Hobbs. Uh, we look at the governor's uh, race in a state like Nevada where you got Lombardo who's uh, literally going to trounce Cisco uh, by maybe three, maybe four <laughs> points. That's interesting. Those are all Western states right around here. I mean, other than the Evan McMuffin uh, factor <laughs> with Mike Lee, I don't know that uh, at, at any level on a statewide uh, a state that New Mexico isn't just going to continue to be a giant uh, donut hole,
7: or is it? Well, I, you know, there's only one poll that matters at this point and uh, all I keep telling people at now is Look, we know the polls are very close. Not by the Trafalgar poll, which did indeed show Ron Kennedy up one. We know they're close because Biden and Kamala Harris are coming to town. That is an indicator of where the national political debate is right now. Where you're having, albeit unpopular figures, but uh, you know Biden's got very little to do of substance. Uh, I don't think he's really running. His administration, he's just along for the ride. Yeah, no and, doubt. And, uh, you know, send him out to a place where he thinks, rightly or wrongly, he can make a, a difference for the Democrats. Now, so
0: does Kamala Harris, uh, did, did she help or hurt? Just one word answers here. Did Kamala Harris, Harris help, or? and you can only pick one, help <laughs> or hurt uh, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham? Uh, I'm going to say hurt. Okay, and Biden, help or hurt? Hurt. Okay, and uh, when you have the entourage all getting together in this... Uh, I don't know emergency uh, fire drill that they ran at UNM. You had Tim Keller, you had uh, Melanie Stansberry, you also had uh, Ben Ray Lujan. Uh, Martin Heinrich did not show up. Uh, that was, I thought, was uh, kind of notable. Uh, did that
7: help or hurt? Did it show a level of desperation? Um, I, I mean, I, I'll say that it hurts. I I just don't think that at this late stage you're going to get a lot of juice out of uh, a Biden or a Kamala Harris. They're they're just they're known they're Democrats. They're not popular. They're not going to help uh, the cause here in New Mexico. But I do want to talk about Yvette Harrell. Uh, yeah, and that's the absolutely. most interesting race mm-hmm. here in New Mexico outside of the governor's race. Um, you know, That's the one that, based on the redistricted district, uh, it's a much tougher battle. If this was the old district, uh, Harrell would be crushing whoever yeah, well, was in the lead. Yeah, that's been
0: shifted leg. now to lean Republican. Larry Sabato uh, corrected that yesterday. I'm glad Joe Monaghan was listening. But uh, Yvette Harrell... Uh, seems, despite the uh, redrawn districts, uh, she's run up against, uh, I think, a man who's very conflicted in his public, uh, you know, uh, uh, statements. Despite the fact that he was uh, shrouded in in some sort of, uh, you know, mask or whatever he had on, so I think that's worked to her favor.
7: Yeah, I mean, you know, Social Torres Small ran what I thought was the perfect campaign for that district. She didn't win last time around. She was. In many ways, though, just an ideal candidate. She was pro oil and gas, at least in her statements and advertising. Whether she would have, you know, been voting in that way would, it was an open question. But she, uh, you know, attractive Hispanic, the whole the whole thing. If they'd run Social tourists Small in this race, I think it's very tough for Yvette Harrell to contend with. But Dave Vasquez is very very left wing, very anti energy. And, and, you know, uh, when Yvette Harrell ran the first time around, the reason she lost was because uh, she'd run in a campaign against the former Hobbs mayor. Ten seconds,
0: Paul. We've got to wrap it real quick, if you don't mind.
7: That's okay. And she didn't unite uh, the far southeast oil patch. And that's...
3: (laughs)
0: 534 here in the Kiva. Lots of good texts coming in. We'll get to those uh, a little bit later uh, on in the show. You guys have lots of feedback, lots of opinions, asking all sorts of things. Uh, I like how you feel like you can control the show too. So you can uh, call me, give me some creative input, uh, some insight, anything that you want. That's the beauty of local radio, 550, 50, 500. I I guess I'm hearing that more people want me to do more local stuff uh, again or rant. I got to tell you, um, you know, Folks, after in futility, uh, and, and, and people are, are mad because I'm only kind of advancing the cause of a few candidates Paul Pacheco, uh, Mark Ronchetti, um, uh, Nicole Chavez, I think uh, Yvette Harrell, and I'm trying to think great uh, Greg Cunningham. And because I'm only adv- advancing them, I, I'm just telling you where we have chances, we got to focus our resources. And the Republican Party's been in disarray. I, mean, I didn't get much uh, support. Uh, When I was running and, you know, overall for the last two, two and a half years, it's been this sort of uh, (laughs) carte blanche blank check uh, for Michelle Lujan Grisham they can do whatever they want. And it looks like we're finally going to be able to hold their feet to the fire. I just want to be successful and concentrate our limited amount of resources. 33% is the registration of the state of New Mexico and increasing, going in the right way for Republicans, Democrats and decreasing. They used to be well in the 50s, folks, back in the day. I believe the height of that, uh, Paul guessing, our guest here. Uh, for the hour was when Bill Clinton, uh, boy, an avalanche of new registrants all so want to sign up for Bill Clinton at the time. I think we almost got to 60%. So it was uh, pretty remarkable. But uh, we're seeing an avalanche of new support because we have a very moderate uh, Republican. And that's what it's going to take uh, to go in and win. So let's get to a uh, brass tacks, uh, shall we? By the way, I'm very sorry. Uh, to hear about uh, the man who took down uh, Clinton, who was one of your friends. Uh, You brought him into the radio station. Uh And uh, sorry for your loss on that, uh, Paul. You want to say a couple of words about the good man who took a lot of, he took uh, two Fox News uh, uh, Kiva Cups uh, from
7: here. He's a good man. Yeah, Kenneth Starr. He was a guest for a uh, talk he gave to a group of Rio Grande Foundation supporters back in January of 2019. Uh, really just a very gracious man and somebody who I enjoyed spending a, a small amount of time with while he came to New Mexico and gave a series of talks. And he was, of course, here at this studio and uh, you know, really uh, did a fa- fabulous job really informing people about... Uh, or reminding them about the issues that were at stake during the Clinton impeachment trial, and uh, uh, yeah, it's a shame, but he did pass away recently, Kenneth Starr. So rest in peace, Ken.
0: Can we see a impeachment if uh, we get to two twenty-five, two thirty for the Republicans, and on what basis for Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, other than you know just a complete and total inability to perform their jobs?
7: Well, we certainly could, and, you know, that's the reality is that uh, the bar for impeachment has been lowered. I mean, Clinton lied to a grand jury, and that certainly was worth uh, the investigation. Trump, uh, you know, two impeachment hearings, I think, was farcical. Uh, you know, Biden— had the same number for Trump? S- Trump had two, yeah, and he—I uh, don't know that Biden's going to get— uh, that many he certainly has tried to lean on the Saudis to manipulate oil prices which is every bit as questionable as the Ukraine phone call that Trump made uh, in office so (laughs) we could uh
0: he was only trying to help, and then he didn't know who Zelensky was, uh, but that's there. So that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Stuff that you know more a little about uh, about locally. Let's hit your top five uh, issues. I know that doctors, education is something that's uh, that's constantly out there. The amount of money that we spend, uh, school choice uh, that are out there. Let's just give you, Paul Guessing, a chance to redesign the if what we should be focused on versus what it takes to go ahead and win, and certainly the candidates are gonna do what it takes to win. I know that Ron Ketty's talking a lot about howlin' and the hypocrisy of the corruption, but you know we've got a, an actual state to fix. We've got a country to fix. So uh, what's the uh, remedy to uh, take care of the state of New Mexico?
7: Two issues really blow everything else out of the water with a third running uh, strong there. The third issue is We've got to rein in uh, governors and their emergency powers. We're still in an emergency here with this governor. Democrat-controlled legislatures allowed that to go on for way too long. We need to change the law. You can't have a quote-unquote emergency for getting on three years. It's just ridiculous, and uh, I hope that that happens. It's not going to turn New Mexico around by any stretch, but the next two will, and that is know school choice and really creating a competitive education system absolutely critical uh, education in this state was uh, a debacle before COVID yep. and it's just gotten far far worse and then we've got this massive 2.5 billion dollar budget surplus we've got to tackle tax reform the uh, what do you seats, suggest the gross receipts tax is the original sin of New Mexico economic policy we need to uh, rip out the gross receipts tax root and branch, all the pyramiding, all the taxes on services.
0: Will changing the governor, the executive, uh, do enough to go ahead and get that done, Paul? Um, can it get done?
7: Well, you know, you've got those legislative races, and you talk about the House, and there's uh, a real opportunity that we can get some uh, inroads in the House. We're twenty
0: four. I, I don't see us uh, getting more than six of those uh, going back the other way. So.
7: Right, and I agree with you, and... Uh, you know, every one of those House races does matter, though. And there are a lot here in Bernalillo County. Five that, of them. That matter yeah, five. a lot. Uh, you could see a eight, nine, 10 uh, point you know, shift in the, the House control. But I wow. don't think the Republicans will take control. And, uh, you know, we're going to be in line for a new Speaker of the House here in New Mexico.
0: Well, eight would do it, Paul. Uh, the shift from forty-two twenty-four to uh, you know thirty-four thirty-six—that would be enough to well, get, yeah, get it done. That so, would. Uh, so, you, I, you, if my math is still uh, correct here,
7: yeah, th- th- if that if that happened, uh, that would be huge. I mean, it, it would be—it's on the outer ends of what could happen, but um, assuming that it doesn't, assuming the Democrats still have control, which I think is the the betting man's safe choice. You know, eGolf is gone. Uh, who's the Who's the replacement? Is it Javier Martinez? He's one of the most radical people in the entire legislature. The weak
0: really? leader, not very well respected, and. I don't think uh you know he's kind of really carrying anything e-golf uh and you know the attorney general now steps out and you've got a you know quite quite possibly this could be uh, potentially uh the straw that breaks the camel's back for the next 10 years for us to get to 100 years of no longer being dominated by democrats i still think the democrats uh, come out but you know if you're recommending the grocery receipts tax uh, be repealed can that get done with just controlling the house and the executive, or can it just be done with Mark uh, Ron Ketty and the governorship?
7: I think you're going to need to see some movement in the Senate in two years and some consolidation of the way the House works. Okay. <clears throat> there could be a coalition in the House that could uh, not have Javier Martinez at the top, and you would have maybe a compromise chosen by uh, Republicans and yep. the ru- the rump of moderate Democrats that still remain in the House. And then if you get some movement again in the Senate in two years, that's when you, you strike, uh, no matter what it looks like. Uh, the, the gross receipts tax, in theory, isn't something that uh, the Democrats would oppose uh, okay. reforming. So it's- that's
0: like school choice then. So if we look at Santa Fe, we know that a majority... Uh, santa fe is also very interested in school choice Despite being the uh, silver hair ponytail crowd uh, uh, up there many of those are upper echelon upper income people they like choice uh, overall they're not very happy with the santa fe public school system many of them are sending things to like montessori and all these uh, designer schools that are out there and that's a form of school choice to be sure and i think maybe a slight push uh, from them not to mention the rest of the state for how much APS is. Well, I think maybe that's a little bit more ripe than the uh, gross receipts
7: tax repeal, Paul. Maybe, but the unions control the democratic party. And if okay. the unions don't go for it, then it's not going to happen at least with Democrats in control. In um, you know, to be honest, if you look through Ron Ketty's education plan, this is one of the ways that he really exhibits his moderate nature. He does have a small component of uh, choice, essentially, for uh, tutoring to try to help kids catch up, which... Uh, yeah, the $1,500, I think. Yeah, the $1,500 for tutoring. That yeah. That is the real only significant choice in Ron Kennedy's education plan. He has a lot of great ideas in that plan, but it's mostly about reforming and revamping the existing system. He's very much tried to stay away from being labeled as you know, the the right-wing, hardcore oh, conservative. Yeah, no doubt. I,
0: I, and and I think that's how he wins. Let me, we got a minute here and then yep. we're going to go in. And for all, as much as Michelle O'Hongrisham has gone after Susanna Martinez uh, unfairly, I think we need to break down the fact that hopefully, Mark, that what he's running on isn't everything that he uh, decides to rule the state of New Mexico with. I certainly hope that he uh, breaks out uh, everything and and goes as hardcore on Michelle Lujan Grisham because we've got a lot to repair here, and uh, hopefully he's just urging and suggesting to get a few things done, 30 seconds, uh, but your take, could he actually move further to the right once he gets into the governor's office?
7: I, I think he could get more involved in choice and push harder on the gross receipts tax both, which, it, again, that's not a right-wing policy position, but the gross receipts tax needs to be changed uh, right away. Yeah, we'll do
0: that. We'll join more with uh, Paul Guessing. Paul, how can people find you?
7: RioGrandeFoundation.org, ErrorsOfEnchantment.com, and I'm on Twitter, RioGrandeFNDN, or at P-G-E-S-S-I-N-G. You should
3: have been gone! <sighs> knowing how i made you feel and i should have been gone after all
0: Steve Perry, there's the more Steve Perry. I know. Uh, Paul, guessing is a Queen fan. You saw the new Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, you had to enjoy that, right? That was oh, a that pretty was... incredible performance there. Just like, uh, just like old Wembley. I'm sure you watched Live Aid, uh, just as I did. Bob Geldof and all that stuff,
7: right? Oh yeah, Queen is uh, Queen's the best. I saw them in Vegas a few years ago before the whole pandemic thing kicked off. And uh, no Freddie Mercury, but Adam Lambert did a pretty nice job.
0: Oh yeah, Lambert. Uh, that. that, Adam Lover,
7: that that band. So that was that was excellent.
0: Well, uh speaking of a rhapsody that uh Paul wants to run on you here. We've got things that are not so sexy and uh, they're just issues that are on the ballot and judges and all the things, you know, we're not just talking about governor. I I talk about those things, those, those things move the needle and have a good trickle down in the case of uh, Ron Ketty. I think he's so affable and such a good candidate. How I got to ask you, uh, you know, we've been watching politics for a long time now, Paul. I remember when uh, we first met as soon as I took over this station, I said, well, you know, let's, let's keep you going. Let's keep, Paul's been around for 11 years. All right. Like right from inception. And I think my first show that I ever did, uh, believe it or not, was actually with Paul, like on a Saturday afternoon, I want to say in the Kiva. And there's probably, I don't know, maybe a hundred, couple hundred people who were listening. It was a brand new talk station at the time. I mean, we got more than a couple hundred people who are listening online right now, which is kind of incredible. And you've seen Ron Ketty, you know, he was doing the weather, Back then, uh, he's built a relationship uh, with the viewer on the other side. But as a campaigner, uh, he has shown little to no cracks. And I got to say, that has been something uh, that I, you know, I I know in my campaign, I didn't show any cracks. Uh, Showing cracks now after two and a half years of of fighting this, and we all are getting a little bit aged. But uh, you got to be happy with the way that he has performed, uh, especially in the debates, but also with how they're going at the, the governor, Paul. What are your thoughts?
7: Yeah, I really like Mark a lot. Uh, back to his Senate race, you know, when we talked when he was running uh, early on against Ben Ray Lujan, and, you know, I didn't know what to expect from the guy, but he came in uh, very well prepared just for that conversation. Uh, he knows what he's talking about and very energetic. You know, if you're around Mark for any length of time, he's definitely, you know, back in his weather days, he, you, you get a snowstorm or some kind of weird weather event. And I mean, you could tell the dude was all stoked about it and really uh, <laughs> expressed his passion for the weather. Well, he's the same <laughs> way with politics. And yeah, good. I think he's, uh, he's got Michelle Lujan Grisham on her heels and uh, it, it's something that uh, I'm really impressed with and his energy going around the state. You know, you see some of the goofy videos that the governor's putting out where she's dancing around on one leg, looking like a complete. Uh, that uh,
0: that abortion dancing video yeah. may be one of the worst things I've ever seen.
7: Yeah. I and, mean, the
0: Fetterman was bad, but her dancing <laughs> at all. I mean, she had that Mota dance uh, up north to celebrate their height. Like everything she does is a total embarrassment. Mark has been shining. Uh, his yeah. wife doing a good job. His kids out front and center. He hasn't been afraid of pulling them, uh, you know, from the limelight. He's put them out front and center, and they, uh, you know, it's, it's not just going to be a first, uh, you know, uh, first man, first lady, but a first family, uh, which I think would be really awesome—an example of what we need here in the state.
7: Yeah, I mean, he's put all the chips on the table and moved them to the center, and I think that's what we need. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, the race to determine the future of the state of New Absolutely. Mexico. We we can't endorse the, the m- mismanagement we've seen. I mean, if it were not for the oil and gas money, if we were dealing with Susana Martinez-style budgets where you only had a few percentage points where oil and gas production and prices weren't where they are now, uh, this governor would be losing by double digits, I think. But she's been buoyed by the... Uh, massive rise of energy uh, just growing and growing in New Mexico and Southeast New Mexico uh, and Texas combined for 60% of American oil and gas production or oil production. It's uh, it's phenomenal what's going on in the Permian Basin. And like I said at the outset, it's, this is a one-time opportunity to really get New Mexico out of the bottom of all the good lists and onto the top of some of those good lists. And Michelle Lujan Grisham, just clearly does not have the vision to do that for New Mexico. And uh, uh, Ron Ketty, I think, uh, with some good influences around him, could have that ability to get it done.
0: All right. Hopefully on the policy front, I know you addressed that. You had some of that uh, go out today, Paul. You put out your newsletter, reaches uh, thousands of people. That's pretty cool. And you've been doing that for a long time. It's been a long slog, but it's also been something I think that you've got to be taking a little bit of satisfaction in here in 2022. And with that being said, uh, let's put out your issues, uh, what's on the case and uh, the not so sexy things that people need to talk about, especially those uh, court races
7: on two, the court races and constitutional amendments. Uh, I always tell people that, yeah, the governor controls, uh, it has a lot to do with crime, so does the legislature, uh, APD, and the mayor locally here as well. But if we put better judges on the bench and we have two Supreme Court races, two appeals court races, those are both partisan, and then a retention race, and you can... Uh, not retain a judge and make a big difference, and they have to get 57% of the vote. So uh, these are all Michelle Lujan Grisham appointee liberal judges, uh, the kind that are letting people out too early and whatnot. So really focus on those judges. And then you've got the pre-K tapping the permanent fund at a time when we've got more money than we know what to do with. Uh, That one is the Constitutional Amendment 1. And then they want to use undermine the anti-donation clause so that – Taxpayer dollars can finance road paving construction on private lands for private benefit. You can put broadband and internet access using taxpayer dollars for private benefit. It's just, it's insane. It's ridiculous and it's not necessary. So those are the two, uh, real amendments that I'm focusing on this, uh, this election cycle.
0: All right. Last, uh, 12 days, actually 11 days, Paul. And, uh, You can talk to all the campaigners out there. What needs to happen? We prioritize everything. We feel pretty good. What could go wrong? What needs to go right? What do people need to do?
7: Well, I think we're past any October surprises. Uh, I think candidates are just out there working their butts off. I know Ron Ketty is out uh, doing his thing as well. Uh, I I really think the die has mostly been cast at this point. A lot of those votes have already been cast. Uh, I don't see any major issues cropping up that are going to affect this race. I think the momentum is on the Republican side, the momentum's on Ron Ketty's side, and it's really just about getting those voters out. And This is a unique year where I think high voter turnout does not negatively impact the Republican. Normally in New Mexico, high voter turnout is uh, is not good for Republicans, but <clears throat> I think in this case we have a real chance with uh, high voter turnout to uh, win the day for the average citizen in New Mexico who's not tied in with governments and tied in with this governor.
0: You focus on policy. None of your policy matters if the right people don't win. I'm sure you've been looking at voter registration numbers. Uh, We have a real problem. 52 million spent on those, you know, whatever machines that they uh, put in there. I just got to ask you, have you looked at the voter registrations uh, since 2020? What's it look like? Does that
7: improve our chances? Well, Bo- you mentioned independence, and that's where all the action has been for several years, is that uh, independents are growing and growing as a number. Of course, those independents overwhelmingly wind up voting for members of one party or the other, but uh, they tend to you know, obviously vote in patterns that hold to parties. If you're going to vote for Michelle Lujan Grisham, you're going to vote for the rest of the Democrats. If you're voting for Ron Keddie, you're voting for... More of the Republicans, and uh, I, you know, I, I think uh, we're we're seeing the rise of independence statistically, but we're still seeing that New Mexico is predominantly a blue state where, in a good year, Republicans can make some headway. The problem is we need to actually have two cycles in a row where that Senate can oh. switch as well.
0: All right, so I'm um, glad my head is exactly where your head's at. Uh, Maron Ketty wins. Yvette Harrell goes back. Uh, gotta ask you, Paul. What's it look like in uh, 24? Does it look like an independent run for somebody? Or can we uh, pull a Republican out of our hat and send him to Washington?
7: Oh, God. Uh, there's so many uh, opportunities to uh, unseat Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or whoever they throw out. If Again, I told you that uh, about if I was advising Lujan Grisham. If I was advising the Democrats, I would pick Jared Polis out of Colorado to run for president. But... I think the party's gone too far left for him, uh, quite honestly. And But, uh, you know, DeSantis is number one at the top of my list. I like Rand Paul a lot, uh, Nikki Haley. There's a lot of other candidates. A lot of Republicans have an opportunity, and a lot of them will run.
0: And what about uh, here from uh, New Mexico? We probably have a good chance in Senate. 20 seconds.
7: Well, uh, you're talking Senate in two years? Oh, yeah, uh, with uh, Heinrich. Yeah, well, uh, I think Heinrich's going to run for governor in two years. There you so.
0: go. That's uh, We'll leave it right there. Paul <laughs> Guessing, we will go to Grande org uh, back for the third hour when we return. <laughs> Live, 24 hours
7: a day, Monday through Saturday, The Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque.
0: in the 505 with more 411 here for the third hour on a Friday. I'm Eddie Urgon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 K-I-V-E, ABQ.FM, Rock of Talk.com. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple on your TV podcasting. Sit SoundCloud and Spotify for free. No direction there, but uh, Rock of Talk.tv, Rock of Talk.com on your apps and the websites uh, as well. Well, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can uh, go ahead and subscribe for five bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, or 16 cents a day for 1600 AM. The Kiva, get the newsletter every day, follow along with the show. You get your five topics and uh, all of the other things, the links, the Easter eggs, and all that. 16 cents a day for 1600 AM here in the Kiva. New pricing uh, for all of you guys going out. And a lot of people are really enjoying following along with the, and the stats are up too, which I really enjoy. Uh, As well. I actually put everything together. It takes a while to put it together and I enjoy doing it and it makes my show easier. I'm much more relaxed. I think I'm a better. And I, I'm getting some different feedback, too. I'll share that with you before we check in with Natalie. Nat and Jaybird out there with the caravan. Uh, the Vote Red caravan out there for Mark Ronchetti and the rest of the Republicans. So, uh, Nat, how are you? How are you?
1: Hey, Eddie. We're doing good.
0: What's the caravan look like? I haven't uh, We haven't done caravans in a while. Uh, you and uh, Jaybird uh, with the big white bus. And how many, how many cars okay. you guys got trailing uh, through us? I know you just passed through the neighborhood recently.
1: Yeah, so we started with roughly a dozen vehicles. We had some join in up on tramway, uh, and ha- had a couple drop out. So, yes, yeah, about a dozen. Uh, we've been hitting the four quadrants of the city, and right now we are in the southwest quadrant. We're approaching Isleta and Coors.
0: Nice. All right, good work. And uh, tell everybody what it's all about. What you're going to be doing, doing uh, each Friday to get people hyped up uh, for the election, get people. Turning out to vote as well. Remember, folks, you guys got to get out there to vote.
1: That's right. Well, we are turning out with our vehicles, writing Vote Red. We're meeting in the Cottonwood parking lot, the southeast uh, part of the parking lot, right there by Coors and Coors Bypass. Okay. And spending about, oh, about a half hour or so. We're meeting about 3, 3.30 again next Friday and putting Vote Red on our vehicles. Some people are getting creative with the car markers and we see some Ditch the Witch and Fire MLG signs, too. And, uh, yeah, flying. Flags are flying, and then we're just cruising around and trying to hit all the quadrants of Albuquerque to show people that this is what we're doing. That's it's time good. To
0: vote red. I know you're feeling good. What's on the slate for you tomorrow in Jaybird Bird for your three hour tour uh, live in the Kiva where you were going to be broadcasting? I know you've been covering a lot of the vaccination, a lot of yeah. the uh, crimes. Uh, I don't know in the uh, woohoo universe of. Joe Biden, to the extent that he's impacted us uh, negatively. But uh, what's on uh, the slate tomorrow?
1: We actually have several um, candidates for different districts for the legislature that are going to be calling in. Uh, In fact, we've been listening on the the radio, and yeah, I find it interesting people are criticizing you for... Not talking about all the candidates, and frankly, there's just not a time to talk about all of them. But some of the other candidates are going to call in tomorrow. We're going to give them some airtime to talk about their races, their platforms, and how things are going in their districts.
0: Yeah, I think that is uh, absolutely awesome. I can hear all the uh, the family there behind you, and, uh, <laughs> yep. and I just want to thank you for helping me improve rockoftalk.news. News. A lot of people loving the Daily Fives. They just get one email instead of three, two or three emails a day, and uh, that is also going well. We want to tell everybody with a brand new pricing. You can subscribe for five bucks a day, or five bucks a month. Excuse me, fifty bucks uh, uh, annually, or uh, sixteen cents a day. And uh, thank you, Nat and Jaybird, for putting that together. And of course, we're gonna get everybody in the Kiva tomorrow at three p.m. and launch uh, headlong into Nat and Jaybird's. Uh, Liberty lovers in the Kiva. Thanks, Nat. Thanks for doing that uh, this afternoon. Uh, caller, we will get to you momentarily right after the, uh, the quick break. But, okay. So, speaking of the uh, the fives, one of the things I didn't get a chance to address is uh, just, you know, the man is senile. I told you uh, Joe Biden is helping us. And we see how they're helping us. And I think even the invasion on mar-a-lago has helped us donald trump is nowhere to be seen i mean the man has literally only done some uh, local events where he knows he can be successful he's playing the team game uh, for sure and i'm pretty happy about that as as i know many of you are um and we're trying to make ourselves a better world right and that's what i put out for the poll question today how do you think it is that today's youth will have a better life than their parents very likely somewhat likely somewhat unlikely or very unlikely that's what this is all about that's what the election is all about just leaving the world a better place than the one that you inherited and the previous three generations have left it worse each successive times because we've made it easy living making lackadaisical choices to enable everybody and anyone's understanding uh in really a godless world and that isn't good so um, China's taking over. They haven't been stronger. They haven't been more unified. Their man has uh, been in power for more than a decade. He has now been given another five years. Putin's been in power for uh, well over 15 years in in Russia, you know, and we are sitting here questioning him, his leadership, and what he's doing. Uh, we're on the brink of World War III. Uh, that is not going to be leaving us uh, and our children in a better situation there than, than we were before. But I've, we've got to prioritize Uh, things. And that also means participating. That also means, you know, keeping the focus on those issues. It's the jobs, it's economy, it's taxes, uh, it's unemployment. You know, those are the financial issues that are just very important. That's basic stuff. You know, everywhere else around the country, like Florida and Arizona, they're talking about economic development or winning dog and pony shows by bringing a, a Fortune 100 HQ or Fortune 50 HQ or, you know, figuring out some new resource that they have within. We're not at that point. In fact: We're probably decades from competing with some of those, but we do have a couple of things at our disposal. We are resource-rich, and uh, this is going to be one of those places that, if things get uh, bad in a hurry, which it looks like they are in 2023, that's what's going to happen. I've already told you they're going to pin they're going to pin the tail on the Republicans. Uh, they're going to take that off, and they're going to uh, focus on us and immediately say, "Oh no, that recession is a depression," and they're going to try and go ahead and work on the next two years and blame the Republicans. We gotta keep the focus on these issues. I apologize if some of this stuff sounds a little dry to you or if it's not as ranty as you want it to be, and maybe I'm not as focused on some of the local stuff, but we're not exactly getting it right locally. If you did, we won't be in this position. I'm happy to have contributed to the extent that I could in my participation in the realm of politics and, and getting and shaking some of those stones loose and getting things going, but we're still a long ways away. Even if Mark Ronchetti gets elected, even if we go 37-33 in the House, which is what I'm predicting uh, here in the state, uh, maybe 38-32, uh, which is a dent, we can win on a few of those issues and start to shake a few things loose and then better for 2024, so Keep your eye on the ball, folks. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva, we'll check in with Freedom Families First or Freedom Families United in Casey McKay. Friday, when the levy breaks, and it looks like it just might. We've got a chance, folks. 11 days, keep up the pressure, keep the faith, and uh, keep focused uh, forward. We've been working on this now for, I don't know, last six years, really, but uh, last two and a half in terms of fighting back, really three and a half, uh, maybe, you all things uh, considered, since 2018, since she took the governorship, and it's just been a full-court press on us ever since the Kavanaugh hearings. And I believe we have Casey in the Kiva. Casey, are you there? Wow. You okay? Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Going once, going twice. Caller, you there? hello hello oh hey, it's, it's dinah. dinah how are you dinah what's going on
4: oh i'm good i'm good i was checking in and then there's all this honking going on and it's totally the parade natalie and jay bird are in.
0: oh good yeah you're having some fun out there that's uh, good and you guys are keeping up the pressure and uh where are you at uh, this afternoon
4: So, I am at Gold Street Pizza and Brew. It's here in the South Valley of Albuquerque. Oh, nice. I haven't heard of that. How
0: is that? Good, good. Good people, um, Well, good, good I stuff. was hoping
4: I could, uh, you know, maybe get the owner on. There's like a house full of people, and they know I'm on air. Oh, okay. And um, so I
0: don't know. Yeah, let's go send some pe- uh, people out there to get some Friday pizza, Dinah. What's yeah. on the show okay. tomorrow? You've got a lot going on. I appreciate you uh, okay, so- dialing in early, but it's all crime all the time, and uh, that's important.
4: Totally, totally. So, you know, just in the spirit of, of off the cuff and writing on, on the Kiva, in the Kiva, you know, it's always important to reach out to, like, both sides that, that you're essentially talking about. And so I know that one of the framers of the 2015 bail bond reform was uh, Justice Charles Daniels. That's pretty much the they always sort of cite. Well, he since died, but but his partner uh gerald says partner in crime he uh, his name is arthur pepin and i called his office and i asked if i could get why he thinks 2015 bail bond reform was the good way to go so that's going to be week two from tomorrow so i'm gonna have gerald and arthur pepin on air
1: all right good
0: that's gonna be be fun." a Saturday night in the Kiva. That's going to be cool. I know. I'm looking I know. forward to that. You've been having fun on your, uh, you know, last week you really tore it up, but you've been having fun. Tell everybody what Off the Cuff is all about. If you haven't had a chance to uh, tune in and you don't know who Dinah is, uh, tune in tomorrow night from 6 to 8. It's going to be a lot of fun for our live show. It is unbelievable. Literally uh, more than 15 hours of straight live programming tomorrow from 11 all the way until 3 a.m. on Sunday.
4: Yes, absolutely. I I love listening to the Kiva cuz it's local on Saturdays.
0: It's all local. Yeah. Do I I need to talk more about some local stuff, I guess, but I've been getting people educated on uh, on some other things and that's been oh, my totally. Yeah, that's my focus we got We we have not been very successful here. We got to bring some of those national issues and wake people up to let them know that the world's a different place outside of our little cave here in the state of New Mexico.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's totally important because, like, like most people, I get my national news from TikTok. Like I say, not all <laughs> of it, but most of it. Oh, wow! Because okay. I'm very localized, so I totally appreciate the um, uh, the combination, the contrast. You know, because uh, you know, I don't really focus on national issues so much as I am very targeted and and localized in my program. That's how it was created. That's how how it, You know, it came to be off the cup. ABQ came to be about a platform about real talk with real New Mexicans, you know. Well, Dinah, the people
0: love you. We love your show. We're glad to have you back here in the Kiva. Tomorrow's going to be a fun night, but it's going to be a constructive night. And I know that you're going to be out there pounding the pavement for candidates and issues. uh, And it's the the issues that we need to work on, which is crime and the economy. We need more jobs. We need lower taxes. We need a better state overall, Dinah. uh, Absolutely. One more plug, you're at uh, Gold Street Pizzeria. That's in the South Valley. What are the cross streets?
4: The cross streets are Rio Bravo and Cord.
0: All right, get on out there. Go see Dinah and uh, go give her a hug and go grab some pizza. She's going to go have some fun. All right, good stuff. All right, uh, I believe we got uh, Casey Peterson uh, here. Let's see if we can uh, bring in Casey. Uh, Freedom Families United, live, one, two, three, in the Kiva. Uh, Casey, you there? I'm here Eddie it's great to be in the Kiva uh, you're loud and clear you sound great man I'm glad that uh, you you guys have been absolutely kicking ass uh, on the air I don't mind saying I really am impressed with your preparation uh, the show notes that go out and everything else that, that you guys are doing what's on the slate tomorrow.
2: Oh, we have a lot on the slate for tomorrow. First, top of the one o'clock hour tomorrow, we're going to be going over Patriots ballot voter guide. Where I mean, we're digging into bonds, wow. the constitutional amendment, judges. Okay. For anyone that's confused about the ballot or needs that kind of voter guide, the top of the hour first segment's going to be all digging in straight into that ballot.
0: Now, do you have an actual ballot like in front of you? Or are you going to uh, give suggestions on how to vote up and down the ballot?
2: Yeah, that is that is the key that we're actually going to dig into and go all the way up and down the ballot and tell people how we would be voting, not how to vote. But I would assume that any other patriots would agree and align with our values if they're listening to AM 1600.
0: And if anybody has any questions on any of that stuff, uh, Casey, can they call in and like maybe they're sort of unsure. Can you help them through that?
2: Oh, of course, yeah. We're gonna be taking calls, and I'm sure we're probably gonna a lot of the calls there at the top of the one o'clock hour. And we will be digging in data on the red tsunami because nationally we have some data coming out that is looking really bad for Democrats, and that is across the board. And there's a reason why Joe is coming to New Mexico. They are trying to stem the flow of this tidal wave that is coming, and they see it approaching, and they're doing everything they can to hold on. This was supposed to be safe races here and they now see that they are in trouble across the board. When they're coming to New Mexico, you know it's going to be bad for Democrats.
0: Yeah, well, uh, can we keep up the pressure here in the state? And do we see a surge of moderates starting to come over uh, to the Republican side of things, at least during the voting?
2: moderates and longtime Democrats. You have a lot of these uh, traditional liberals, classical liberals that are starting to come over to the Republican party. They are fed up with the ideological push inside of schools and the radicalism of the party. And we're going to be finding out where Joe's coming in and we're planning uh, with some other groups. We're planning a protest for when he does come in. So we'll allow people the opportunity to follow up with us and find out exactly where he's coming in and how they can join that protest.
0: That would be great. And uh, if you guys, can all like coordinate together i'll tell you it would be an awesome awesome feat we've got uh, right now natalie doing her caravan that's big boat red you know getting everybody out there and i know that you've been yeah, up against been it remind them
2: for a minute in that caravan it was
0: pretty great remind everybody about uh, what you have gone through just to, over the last minute it's not really a campaign issue but in my opinion as you heard my conversation with paul it's the largest issue that's out there it's impacted education it's in, uh, impacted our our financial situation here, and most of all, it's impacted our culture. It's uh, absolutely wiped out uh, private industry. It looks like uh, somewhere between 35 to 40% of our restaurants have been wiped out. They're counting the the numbers a little bit different, but Knob Hill is decimated. Uh, You are also one of the casualties uh, being a federal worker, and you have not been reinstated.
2: No, they. Uh, we refused to go along with any of the mandates. We told uh, them at Sandia National Laboratories that we weren't doing mandatory testing. I wasn't disclosing test results, and I wasn't disclosing my vaccination status. And that's what allowed them the excuse they needed to finally ax me. And I knew I was already on the chopping block for blowing the whistle on critical race theory back in 2020. So, yeah, just it it was kind of coming and they used this as a way to do a sort of ideological purge. They got rid of some people and other people that they were able to keep. But it really has. um, I think the. Chickens are coming home to roost here, and their day is still coming. We do have uh, lawsuits out, and I think that a lot of people are looking back on what they did and how they acted during COVID, and they just want everyone to forget about it. But we will not forget. We will not forget their authoritarian push and what they did to so many good, hardworking Americans that just wanted to provide for their families.
0: In New York uh, this week, uh, I think the judge ruled that they – had to restore their back pay in addition to restoring the people's jobs. Your thoughts on that ruling?
2: I think that a lot of co- corporations saw that and they're absolutely terrified. They saw what just happened in that ruling, and I think we have that is the first of many rulings to come down. And a lot of these corporations are now looking back at how much that would actually cost them and realizing how bad this really was for them. How horrific this is going to look moving into the future and how much is going to cost them to their bottom line. What does that mean for our largest
0: employers, University of New Mexico, um, the place where you work, Sandia National Labs? Uh, Could suits be brought forth against them?
2: Yeah. um, So a lot of these lawsuits are a little more limited for places like Sandia because they were a little more careful with how they fired and the reasoning behind firing. They were consulting legal teams all along the way. So for me, for example, I was fired because I refused to go along with the environmental safety and health policy. And so it was the fact that I was unwilling to test was the technical reason why I was fired. So that's a little different than some of the firings they had like over at UNM where they were just firing people based on vaccination status. And so this UN, UNM is certainly going to, have to answer for that and it's going to be a lot wider reaching for the people they have to give back pay to but for Sandia they're going to be a little more limited and not fill this as much as they should but there's other lawsuits that that are going on with Sandia right now. L- last uh, 30
0: seconds here uh, Casey uh, there's a number that people can text you information and uh, they can also connect uh, directly with you maybe if a topic that you want to address tomorrow uh, live in the Kiva for your one o'clock show what's that number and what can they text in?
2: Yep. Feel free to text us at 505-405-1776 and we'll be live on air tomorrow taking your calls right at the top of the one o'clock hour.
0: Good man. Well, uh, your, your wife and, uh, your children have a good night. And of course it's that Halloween, uh, time. And I'm sure Casey and Mikhail, you know, we have, uh, our couples with their families promoting their values here on this radio station from one to six uh, every single Saturday. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva for a great talk when we return.
3: It's been seven hours and 15 days since you took your love away. All
0: right, that music is Chris Cornell. Nothing compares to you. Of course, I'm not going to get through all of it, but back in 92, Sinead O'Connor was quoted by British Music Magazine as saying she was giving up pop music to study opera. I don't really want to play anything by her, so. I thought that I would play the late, great Chris Cornell in uh, all of this. Uh, Chris Cornell, kind of amazing guy, passed away in Detroit after supposedly killing himself. Um, And that song, you should know, was written not by Sinead O'Connor, by Prince. That's right, he's written so many great songs, uh, passed away due to fentanyl. Uh, The text of the week has to do with uh, my friend um, and his family and what he went through. He says, my beautiful sister-in-law passed away with fentanyl. Uh, overdose. Two days later, my friend, this all happened last week and a half. Two days later, my friend's 19 year old son did as well. I also had two tenants that lived in one of my rental houses. Like this is, this is some scary stuff. I I don't even know what to say about this. They died together in bed of a fentanyl overdose. The three young children found them the next day. Like I can't even process that. I hate that crap. It's killing our nation. I can't leave the house anymore without seeing someone smoking a foil. Yesterday I told you that it's not so much illegal. It's about 14% of all seized fentanyl is coming from illegals, but it's actually people who are making a buck, turning it into an industry, and uh, going right over the border and right through. Uh, They don't care about these drugs coming in, folks, and it's a matter of time before they try to legalize absolutely Uh, Everything. Let me read all of your texts here in the Kiva for this Friday. Be safe. Uh, I know a lot of you guys are going out, parties, you know, things like that. Got a designated driver. Don't be like me, right? I was by myself anyway. Um, Take an Uber. Don't be like me. I I, I was only, you know. It's in the parking garage. No excuse for it, Eddie. None whatsoever. Uh, Hi, Eddie. Historically, government dignitaries come in at Cutter Aviation. Okay. That's from Mike. Okay. That's, uh, you mean that airplane hangar that, that was only a, a couple thousand that were supposedly there, right? No, it was, that was on Halloween. Remember that it was the day before Halloween, uh, back in 2016 when we elected, uh, Donald Trump, right? 2016. So that'd be four and four, six years ago. Um, plus a few days, a couple days. And, uh, you and I were all out there at the uh, airplane hangar, Waiting for Donald Trump to come in. There's those 7,000 of us. Well, lots, lots of lots of texts from this man. Bidoni is a quizzling idiot more than poop bird Poop. Poop. Find his King Midas if everything he touched turns to poop. <laughs> I love your contrarian reporting on the Ukraine, even if I disagree sometimes. Peace is needed there, and not endless wars like another Vietnam or Afghanistan. Progressives believe that decadence, such as trans-promotion, is progress. They do. That is true. Progressives believe legal as we just progress. They do. Yep, yep. Progressive thinks uh, progressives think letting criminals off is progress. They do. Progressives are leading this country and state into an Atlas Shrug type of dystopian hell of epic proportions. I love Dinah. She is like George Carlin in terms of word usage analysis. That's funny. Uh, let's see else. What What do you got? Um, more text. Uh, Eddie, I'm willing to give a person a chance if they work to earn my trust. They only lose it once, once and done. One and done. One and done. Wow. They must want out of the hole they are in. That is true. You, know, you have to have a change of heart for make, to make sure that things are going to go well for you, right? Um, you are doing well, Eddie. People need to hear what you're saying. Getting good feedback from the field. All right. I pre- appreciate that. Okay. Um, I'm never pulling grandpa's finger again the graphic. That's funny. Uh, let's see where we are. Dinah says, two-week series of bail reform from uh, Gerald Madrid. Gerald Madrid is third-generation bondsman, understands the 2016 bail bond reform. Consequences of the reform is the major contributors Albuquerque crime Crime wave. Repeat offenders and judges practically refuse to lock up, citing their hands are tied. So next Saturday on the Dinah Show, Off the Cuff, we'll have attorney-author Papine. AOC of NM Courts is on the key player and supporter of the 2016 bail reform. Pepin often cites poor people as the reason for his support. Oh, there's just got a little uh, graphic with some stuff going on, some music. Musica, musica. All right. Um, oh, Eddie, I marked your words. Elon Musk is never going to buy Twitter. How about him buying Twitter and firing four top executives? You get plenty wrong, Eddie. This isn't the first thing. I miss the old Eddie that would focus on local elections. (coughs) Okay. I'll I'll be your Huckleberry. I'll be your little marionette. You just tell me what to do. You tell me what to say, when to say it, and tell me how to say it, who to say it to, right? Ain't going to happen. Is there anyone else running but Ronchetti, Eddie? (laughs) You had already selected him in the primary and tried to convince your listeners to vote for him. Listening to your show sometimes at night on my way home, all I hear about is Trump, this or that. Don't forget, he got us into the lockdown mess, and once he found out it was a lie, he was more worried about himself and getting reelected than stopping the COVID scheme. How do you think I respond to that? Right? I said, um, I'm not an Elon fan. He sells electric cars. You're still a union flunky. There's only a few Republicans that will win. I don't know the guy. I just know that it says union on my phone. Uh, I don't miss very often. He says, WTF, are you talking about it? I know you don't, but miss often. But lately you have been t- different and hard to listen to anymore. Thank you for your response back and have a good day. Well, you're welcome. Right? I think it's been better, actually. Uh, more organized, more prepared. I guess you like the rants only. Maybe people just like raw energy. Right? Is that what you like? You just like raw energy, ranting and raving? yes Eddie it is more structured and that's nice I wasn't a fan of some of your rants you have had thank you for the response to the know you're busy running your station just wanted to let you know my thoughts Eddie and then at the very end of the whole entire thing he listened all the way through he said that was a good show it's exactly what I've been wanting to hear about on the upcoming elections thank all right there you go is that what you want you want I'm going to give you my you don't want me to do just a locker room humor hour like they do on the other stations that's what I hear all the time it's like sounds like a boy's locker room all the time uh, Eddie, let me know how much you want for us to promote. Oh, I guess he wants to do Kangen water is going to have, um, Mr. Rick's hot sauce. That's right. Next Saturday, November 5th, change your water, change your life. Uh, we can pay to drop a few blurbs on the station. There you go. I'll just do it for you. Okay. Thank God, Eddie, your voice is on the radio today. It was a much needed plus. I really needed it. Remind me. Remind in your way, Eddie, to keep pushing forward towards the sunshine. Yeah, people are trying to punch out of this, right? That's what I'm here for. Even I get depressed, right? Even I get depressed. People were very happy that Dowd was back in here. I mean, uh, Paul. Let's see, Patrick. uh, Eddie, I can't believe Paul is so intelligent. He's telling us that we're at the bottom of the list and everything. And how much does he make a year? Oh, here we go. All right. Kalanen is talking again, too. All right. Yeah. He was part of a board, and there's all this stuff. And mm -hmm. I don't believe that that's that needs to be the focus, to be quite honest, right now. But I mean, I don't know if it's really moving the needle. I'm glad that it's brought up, but I really think uh, Mark Ronchetti is just kind of too classy, you know, to even be talking about it anymore. I think he got out of the debates, let it sit there. We all know about it, and we know where we're at. Uh, hi Eddie. I certainly hope we take the house and the Senate, but Biden will veto any legislation the Republicans put forward. Do you think he'll be able to get anything done? I don't see them getting two thirds to override his veto power. Your thoughts? Yeah, I do. Actually, I believe, uh, if we get to that, uh, 54, 55, it's not going to be too hard uh, to find another 10 votes of people who are pushing back just to get things right. I believe that people are going to start moving away from their own parties. I think you're going to see that with the Democrats. And the radical progressive takeover and you know we're going to be able to hold it off for the next 25 30 years um but it's going to come back again right about the time that uh, i'm retiring in
7: 2050
0: okay yeah you <laughs> just got my retirement age <laughs> mlg must be afraid of no base turnout biden is being avoided by all democrats trying to get swing but nobody wants to be seen with joe biden right that's kind of weird that is true i submitted a petition eddie for involuntary mental evaluation for grisham you want to see it? So where do I send it? <laughs> I do. Uh, she is crazy. Uh, let's see. Jonathan sends me a letter every year. This must have been a letter to the editor. Good kid. I watched him and his sister grow up. Okay. Uh, dear editor, a choice not to vote is a choice to vote for the winner. Remember that time everyone in the division was milling around about the break room and Lily said that you should go out for lunch? Sam wanted American burgers. Alexander wanted a Vietnamese foe. Drew called for a show of hands. You don't raise yours. Then it's settled. Five for burgers and three for foe, and off you go for hamburgers. You may have decided not to raise a hand for many reasons. Maybe you feel you don't know enough about burgers or foe or make an intelligent decision. Maybe you don't like conflict. would rather not take a side. Maybe you like burgers and foe equally. Whatever your reason, you're still stuck with the lunch the group chose. You chose to let someone else choose for you. Granted, Had you raised your hand for foe instead of burgers, burgers would still have won five to four. But at least if everyone got food poisoning from undercooked beef, you couldn't be blamed for not speaking up for foe. Wow. Wow. It's similar for this year's midterm elections. Choosing not to vote means choosing to yield to the decision to those who do. No matter your reason for not voting, you're stuck with the results. Choosing not to vote means choosing for the winner. You really want to do this? Maybe you don't like either option. You may just like burgers and faux. You probably like one more or just like one less, and you're still going to be stuck eating one of them. At least raise a hand before everyone else drags you off to a restaurant. Offer something you don't like and hand you a bill for it. Is that great? Isn't that great? Do you want to raise your hand? Do you want to do, do the espa blotter? I bet you do i bet you do. I I don't know. Who wants to vote for the ESPA blotter? You have two minutes to vote for the ESPA blotter. I'll pull it fresh off the uh, presses, bring it back here, and wrap it up with that or something else. Hey, I'm back, bro. What's up? Here we are, the police blotter from ESPA, published to give the readers an abridged look at criminal Neighborhood. It's a little bit of an illustration of what the local law enforcement, funded by the taxpayers must deal with throughout the Espa Valley. Espanola police officers, O'Kea Wingate tribal police, Rio Riba County sheriff's deputies, and the state police responded to the <laughs> following calls. Boy, that's a lot of texts. Got seven texts. Hey, you, want, you want burgers or Vietnamese pho? October 3rd, 12.03 a.m caller reported a vehicle collision of a large day. The caller didn't stop. They saw the glass on the road and they, they wanted to let somebody know about it. So they called 911. 6.49 a.m. A Triple S caller said a car is traveling north in a southbound lane. He's going the wrong way. Turn around. Where you get hit? You're going to get hit by the car. 7.53 a.m. A CBS caller said the lights at the intersection are out and people are running them anyway. Oh. <laughs> There's no lights. Just go through. 12:37 p.m. An East Bond Street caller reported a man in a hoodie is walking toward the plaza carrying a chainsaw. Yee. 1:51 a.m. P.M. I don't know. I'm always up. A White Eagle Lane caller said someone broke into his house. Over here on White Eagle Lane, you know the plate over there. Zuni Lane at 4 p.m. Caller said sharp. Said she heard shots fired near Fairview Elementary, and she also heard children screaming. Allsups, all sick. 4.29 p.m., All Allsup's caller said a tow truck hit him. Ooh, that's no good, no bueno. He was trying to take my car away, and he hit me. <laughs> I haven't paid it in six months! 4.45 p.m., a North Orchard Lane caller said her ex has been stalking her. She was in jail for four months, and... Now that she's out, he stalks her wherever she goes. She said that his dad is a big dealer and she sees a lot of white vans and Mexicans and thinks he works for the cartel. We're going to kidnap her. Me, send me back to jail. I don't feel safe out here. He's crazy. 5.24 PM, a caller said there's a downed power line and it's throwing spark. It's all sparking near Casanova nightclub over there. You know where the Casanova is? I, I know where the Casanova If you don't know where Casanova is, you don't, if you don't know where the Sonics and the Casanova are in Espa, you don't know Espa. 6.24 p.m. A lower San Pedro caller said someone came to his house and threatened his grandson. He said the person is a family member of a woman who claimed the grandson sexually assaulted her. He's a bad dude. He's creepy. 7.51 p.m. A search warrant was executed on the home of County Road 413, and Coyote, that's very specific. 8.42 p.m. A La Jolla street caller said a couple is walking through the area, looking in windows. Mira, she's requesting courtesy rounds. See, more courtesy rounds up in ESPA. October 4th, disrespectful children. 12.37 a.m. A Vista del Rio apartments caller said a vehicle is parked in the front and appears the driver is slumped over. Yeah, I hope he's okay. I hope he's just sleeping it off. 10.37 <laughs> a.m. A Seagull village caller reported someone's in the apartment that's supposed to be vacant. What's he doing in there? Maybe he's sleeping it off. He moved from the car to the apartments. 11.32 a.m. A Vista de Valle caller said a neighbor up the hill has been playing loud music since 10 p.m. last night. And the caller wants to file a report. It's too loud. 12.57 p.m. A Dixon caller reported his vehicle was stolen. That's the third one today. p.m., an Española farmer's market caller said someone's got into the ceiling in the bathroom and stole solar panels. What are you going to do with that? 2.51 p.m., Sonics, Casanova, and Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree caller reported a man is threatening staff. How? Why? 2.57 p.m., a Boneyard, Boneyard Road caller said a customer's dog bit him when he went into their house. Better file a report put the dog down too. 350 p.m rivera funeral home caller reported a man is shooting up near the dumpsters and refusing to leave oh that's sad it's gonna be one of those boxes soon if he's not careful get him some help 6 10 p.m a Velardic caller said he heard several shots fired <laughs> nobody ever went to go see him 6 26 p.m a vista del rio apartment caller reported a couple is selling drugs at an apartment Getting bad in Espa. This is a bad police blotter this time around. Sexual crimes, you've got drugs, violence. 6 37 p.m. A caller requested a welfare check on homeless people that are making messes. <laughs> Literally says it, making messes. 6:37 p.m. A Fairview Lane caller said someone tried getting in through the kitchen window. <laughs> Why? Maybe they were just hungry looking for the sonics was closed no it don't close that early 6 52 p.m a barbie street caller wants to report breaking and entering after the fact hey i'm calling after the fact on the breaking and entering i don't know come take some fingerprints 7 52 p.m a hernandez caller reported a wrong way driver that's the second one 8 26 p.m an upper san pedro road caller reported an suv ran her off the road. Murphy's Express at 10.04 p.m. reported a bunch of homeless people are yelling and screaming in the area. A lot of yelling. Walmart's at 10.32 p.m. said a young people are yelling in the parking lot. And the caller thinks they're going to hurt the homeless. Better take care of them. They're just yelling. 11.36 p.m. Speedway caller reported a truck has been parked at a pump for two hours. That happened in Albuquerque. Boy, that would not end up well. 12.09 12.09 a.m single Bougay Village. color wants a drunk man removed from the home come pick his ass up take him in let him sleep it off over there I gotta get so- I gotta go to work tomorrow 201 a.m a color near home run pizza that her ex-boyfriend is following her and she's hiding in the trees <laughs> Glad her phone works. She can't see the man she just hears him yelling her name Belma Where are you Belma? 10.31 a.m. A Los Alamos highway caller said a little girl who looks about 11 or 12 is standing by the road wearing wet pants and carrying a backpack. How do they know she's wearing wet pants? Oh, that's sad. I wish I went to read that one. That was a bad one. 10.40. This is a bad blotter. Normally, they're fun and comical. These ones a little bit more serious. 10.43 a.m. A Riverview Lane caller said there are several people on this property that are hiding behind a shipping container. 12.40 p.m. A Dollar Tree and Espa... Reported people are selling drugs out of a vehicle parked in front of the store. These calls are getting more serious. Not just uh, domestics and funny things. It's the, the crimes escal- escalating under Michelle Lujan, Gar- or, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham's watch. I call her Michelle Lujan Garcia. <laughs> she couldn't have two Hispanic last names. 1.31 p.m. An Espa Trier factory caller reported a catalytic converter was stolen from vehicles overnight. They're stealing them everywhere. 2.08 p.m. Little Caesars caller said three people are drunk and harassing the customers. Hey, I want your cheesy bread. I'm kind of hungry. 2.47 p.m. A West Bond street caller reported three people are shooting a gun behind the building. Three of them. Hopefully not at each other. 2.52 p.m. A Lumberton caller said a man is drunk, staggering all over the place. Get that man some help. And finally, last uh, couple here uh, in the Kiva. This is a full blotter right here. The latest one, ladies and gentlemen. At least just four days. Hot the presses. A mandanales, or mendales, excuse me, caller wants to speak with a deputy about trespassing and larceny. 423, Kaya Duran caller reported her 18-year-old son is having episodes and wants to know how she can have him evicted. Hey, you're supposed to take care of him. Come on, mom. And finally, a giant caller reported a man began arguing with and threatening employees after they asked him to leave. 550, That's the full blotter, top to bottom, folks. Uh, there it is. We'll pick it up there next week. Same time, same place, of course. We appreciate everybody tuning in. You guys are fun and nice. Local restaurants are dying, but boy, Costco is selling food like crazy. I guess the lines are there. Nice pick there. Thanks for the uh, inside. Uh, let's see what he said. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, see, I would uh, love to hear the Spa bladder. I think it's great. It makes my day. Don't let the negative people get to you. I'm, I'm not. I'm okay. I just sit up here and talk to myself all day. No. You know, people think I'm crazy, that I'm not very smart, that I'm loco. Don't think I'm loco. I got it together. No. You're doing a great job. Nobody else I don't think you could handle. I'm so proud of you. Hang in there. Bye-bye. Thank you. I can't once uh, Once you start the Espa, you just can't stop. I love Dinah. She's like George Carlin. Espa, spa Espa. There we go. You want more? Espa Blotter. Aye, Frank from La Vega. What's going on, Frank? Frank. Come over, Frank. Espa Blotter, bro. Play it. I want it. You must do the Espanola. It should be a dance. Someone's got to, uh, you know. There is, a, I think I've seen the uh, Espanola dance. Uh, Eddie, I think you did a dynamite show today. It was well-organized, and it was all structured and stuff, and your brakes were tight, tight. Job well done. Gracias, uh, Mikey. Thank you. All right, I enjoy doing the show, and I enjoy putting the uh, new newsletter together. I uh, made it cheaper. Plus, you get all the notes ahead of time. It's one email with the show, with the video, with there. Um, I should probably uh, confess something to you that I think that is really important. And one of the reasons why I like doing it, um, that's so important to me is, you know, folks, I have a tremendous amount of energy. I have to have something to do. I just do. And uh, I can't stop. I can't stay still. I will never retire. Um, you know, it's just, you know, who I am. And, you doing that is becoming my purpose and setting up my discipline for the day. And I'm putting up my day so that maybe you guys can follow up and maybe I'm helping one more person throughout the day. And I really want to really, really want to do that. I want to thank everybody who's been so incredibly supportive of me. Uh, I want to thank everybody who has been, you know, so incredibly hard on me and judgmental. I want to thank my all of my enemies. I want to thank all of my friends. I want to thank every single person for behaving exactly, exactly like they wanted to behave towards me during this time. I think the best is yet to come, folks, and I'll be right here every step of the way. We'll lead it off with a little song before we bring it to Live twenty four hours a day,
7: Monday through Saturday. The Rock of Talk,
0: AM sixteen hundred KIVA, Albuquerque.